Live on 97.3. City 97.3. Accra. There can be no other 97.3. No need to change. Keep it tuned to City. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM. 
The name is Neon Adejo. Eze Ebube. See how far you've brought me. You've taught me. You've led me. You've fed me. You've healed me. You've preserved me. You found me worthy. Mm. Monday morning, 28th August, 97.3 City FM. Thank you for staying with us in uh, this very on this very exciting platform the city breakfast show starting the show with business sense brought to you by adb the people's bank and this, this week we'll be giving you a few tips about brand building now this one says it takes more than luck to build irresistible brands it takes more than luck to build irresistible brands and it says the biggest success stories come from brands that are meaningfully different those that stand out and then stand for something so you are not just different for different sake you are different in a way that's meaningful to people you're different in that you're relevant to people so you can say you are relevantly different not just different because everybody is black you want to be white or everybody's blue you want to be green just for being different sake you're different in a way that's meaningful and useful to the audience and this is not a question of luck it's a question of deliberate investment So invest in your brand to be meaningfully different. Business Sense brought to you by ADB. A meaningfully different brand offering you a personal loan, including top-ups at significantly induced rates. Longer tenors of up to six years. Call 0302-210-210 or 0302-224043. ADB, the People's Bank. ADB, truly a Greek and more. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. Seems like this show. 
the irresistible Tina Turner, welcoming you to the newspaper review segment brought to you by Total Energy's Ghana PLC. Your trusted OMC probably presents its helmet for life campaign. Uh, Total Energy's initiative aims to reduce our, to raise awareness among motorbike users on the principles of road safety, in particular the wearing of helmets. Sky, you'll still be surprised to find people riding motorbikes without helmets. Sometimes they put their kids in front and behind. And they don't even care a hoot. Well, Total Energies is asking you to put on your helmet to prevent personal injury and control damage to property. It's called the Helmet for Life to ensure that road users in our communities, including motorbike riders, are kept safe on our roads. Follow us on X, that's Twitter, on Instagram to discover more and participate more in our Helmet for Life campaign. And you can earn points when you use your Visa card to redeem airline tickets, hotels, cashbacks, phones, tablets, gift vouchers, and more. Spend a minimum of 100 CDs at Starbucks, Malcolm, Chicken Man, Pizza Man, etc. Get your cashback. Go to fidelitybank.com.gh to register for the loyalty program. This has been one of the most eventful weekends in, in terms of our, our work with um, a big MPP event mm-hmm. on Saturday, a two-day Made in Ghana exhibition. Mm. Lots of sporting news, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's it's been very good. Yep. It's been very good, and I, I think there's a lot to look forward to today. Yes, I, I won't ask you how your weekend was because I was with you <laughs> on the television <laughs> on uh, Saturday, yeah, covering the MPP. Yes, and then on Sunday we we're at This Is Ghana. Yes, and I noticed you took so many contacts. Yeah, you know, you took so many numbers yeah. is trying to expand he was you know we're, we're supposed to do like a blitz through the stands uh-huh. and he would spend like five minutes per stand yeah. talk to people uh-huh. i mean your presidential material you know, <laughs> like you know how you know how me i'm just working oh hello how are you let's take a photo uh-huh. sky will listen to you then you shake your hand and you put his hand on your shoulder he's a politician <laughs> i said i care for you b <laughs> then he will collect phone number then you take picture <laughs> hey my brother Ever. I was like me and Richard Mensah and Richard Sky were supposed to visit the stand. Yeah, then do a blitz. Like you came back and painted. You know how he puts it on your shoe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And I, I think I'm like his best friend. Oh, where is your shop? Oh, wow, it's amazing. Oh, wow. He's out on air. Yeah. He did that all the time. Yeah. I was, swe- I was like, I was like, what the hell? You need to get your game up, man. Charlie, Richard Sky. And then I said to myself, this is, this is, this is presidential. Hey! Girlfriend. I beg, man. You have blown away. He even mentioned man. Then he he said some proverb in air. The woman was happy laughing. Salah Hey! Yeah. That's good. That's guy, you're a big man. Anyway, it was, it was good. So it was a great weekend for mm. us. And I really want to commend all the exhibitors and the patrons for This Is Ghana. Yeah. yeah. All the yeah. journalists who mm-hmm. covered the event. Yeah. yeah. And they were looking forward to November 4 now. It's exactly. growing. Yeah. The staff of City FM who superb. actually made it superb. happen. Superb. Charlie, you guys superb. are amazing. Yeah, the heroes and heroines. Amazing. I'm telling you. Amazing. I'm telling you. And then the Pork joints we visited. Oh yeah, God. Moses Kebab. Oh, yeah. And then Pork Week 101. Last time you went to the Pork Week. Oh, you, you know, 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 Charlie, <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
cruise into November 4, mm -hmm. runoff to decide the last slot on the front page. Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, Kennedy Ohine Japan, smiling. Okay. Alan John Kwejo Chemartin, smiling. Dr. Uze Fuyakuto, smiling. Okay. <laughs> I don't think they are all smiling. They, 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 they should have looked for different pictures. <laughs> Some of them are not smiling. Well, okay, so if you look at the the, the, the Garden Times, yeah, Baumia is smiling. Yes, Kennedy is smiling. Mm. Alan is looking a it's bit. Not very happy. Yeah, he's not very happy. Doctor Ousu Efriakoto, your man, he's our okay. man, he's is okay. smiling. Adainimo is smiling. Ejako is not so smiling. No, he's not even smiling. He's actually some indifferent. Beast. So yeah. So MPP special delegates conference. Doctor Baumia takes comfortable lead. Faces Ken, Alan, and Doctor Koto mm. on November four. Mm. Also on the front page this morning, Catholic bishops are kicking against Ecuador's military intervention mm. in Niger. Hello. And we are told that let's deal with corruption and discipline among the youth. The Methodist Church presiding uh bishop is advising us mm -hmm. how about the the, the 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 older folk they are also corrupt you know somebody some said, of them the young shall grow <laughs> or the young must grow otherwise the old will not retire thank you <laughs> <laughs> and then something here Charlie, yeah, people are allegedly stealing money or embezzling money two in court for allegedly embezzling 864,000 ghana cities mm. wow Front page of the Daily Guide newspaper this morning. Showdown meltdown. Hmm. Ken faces disciplinary committee. Hmm. Baumia sweeps NPP votes with 629. Joe Gatti, Japan out. Man killed in Juju gunshot test. I saw that video. It was really yeah. horrific. It's not over for Alan. Okay. Let me take you to the finder. The big story says Baumia wins all 16 regions. Ken Japan. Dr. Efriya Koto pool surprises. Mm. Also on the front page this morning, NIA resumes free Ghana card registration today mm -hmm. with 484,000 blank cards. And we're told that they are going to concentrate mm -hmm. on public sector workers. The idea is to clean up the uh, payroll of government, amongst other things. Also on the front page, we are told that Kennedy Japan hopes to have three others to face MPP disciplinary committee. And NHIA secures 27.7 million US dollars bank, US dollar World Bank facility to improve primary health care. The front page of the Herald newspaper, Baumia gone till November. Leaves hmm. Patapa, Hene, Kennedy, Japan, and others far behind. Oh. Alan Chamatin being humiliated into political retirement. NPP insiders give reasons behind his bad performance. There's a photo of Alan Chamatin with a handkerchief, not looking very happy. Yabuabian Samuel and Katrina Feku was on the front page of the paper. Atachia bears teeth at Bugri Abu over IGP's removal. The Chronicle says complete massacre as two six hundred twenty-nine out of seven hundred ninety-seven grassroots of MPP endorse Baumia, the vice president, to mm -hmm. break the eight. Alan stands better chance on November four than Baumia. This is um Okay, Professor Jampo is mm -hmm. being quoted here. Mm -hmm. I find your marking to parents be counselors for your wards. Uh, he was uh, celebrating um, the uh, basic education thing. The BC. People, yeah, with, with the students they, they who completed. Yeah. And then also, economic crisis was not caused by the BOG. This is according to Kwame Pienim. Mm. From Peter, the Republic Press, Ken shocks NPP. Mm. As Alan Cash falters into second place battle. Accident claims eight lives on Kaswa Cape Coast Road. And then you also have residents of a Sutifi Mount Pressure on Newmont's Ghana over abandoned road project. The Ghanaian Observer says grassroots choose Vice President Baumia in landslide victory. Also, Kede Japan, three others to face the MPP Disciplinary Committee. Yoko Wu's media 
over five-year strategic plan and uh, the story about the BOG governor not responsible for what's going wrong with the economy mm. is also making almost all the front pages. Yeah. Mr. Pianim is quoted repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Mr. Pianim is on the front page of the Ghanaian publisher as well as his NPP and Dr. Mahmoud Baum. Yeah. Okay, let me complete the two newspapers for you. We have the Daily Analyst um, and then also the Inquisitor. So the Inquisitor um, says feature a dancehall project hanging Magdan over nothing. Uh, they seem to think that Magdan is doing nothing wrong there. Also, plot to oust Slee King IGP. Slee King. That's a Mubugri Nabu for Atachian's committee today after failing to appear last week, Thursday. And if you go to the Daily Analyst, mm-hmm. MPP Super Delegates Baumia sails through with ease. And then also the story about uh, Kennedy and Japan facing the disciplinary committees here. And they were sharing money at the party headquarters. Angry hopes and Adoy Fire Chief of Staff and uh, Kate Jamfua. Finally, for me, the front page of the BNFT, financial leaders confident of economic recovery. Let's move online for a few more stories. Citynewsroom.com. We've told our MPP has summoned Kennedy over threats to Akufuadu and Baumia. Meanwhile, a few other stories on that election. Assault on Alan's agent exaggerated, according to Northeast MPP. Mm. Also, Kennedy Japan's viral video rant was made during radio interview, not phone call with Akufuado. That's a story we have. Oh, I see. And then, oh, yeah, we've even seen the video of the so the interviewer interviewing him from Oman FM. And then Baumia says, Let's unite to break the eight. And then, 17 year old Caspria apprentice remanded for rape is also a story making the rounds mm. on citynewsroom.com. And then this is Ghana exhibition successfully closes in grand style. If you go to City Business News, this is the same story. This is Ghana ends in grand style. Also, uh, exhibitors tell stories behind their brands with a beautiful photograph there. And then trade ministry encourages businesses to meet global trade standards. If you go to Class FM, the lead story is uh, on the election, and it says electoral brutality. Akufuado and Baumia stuck in trade. Bahamas speaks on violence at uh, Northeast. Mm-hmm. Also, Baumia's victory is a promising signal for November 4. This is Voter Regional MPP chairman. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Adainimo Ejakun to break tie on September 8, according to a story that we have seen. And then a few other stories making the rounds on the BBC. Protests erupt in Libya over contact with Israel mm-hmm. and then uh, Prigozhin confirmed dead so according to Russia he's dead you know the confirmation didn't come yeah. as of last week Prigozhin. so and then uh, Vladimir Putin is also asking all mercenary groups to be loyal to Moscow so mm-hmm. whether you are a mercenary group working for private people or not Mother Russia, Mother Russia must and there's a very interesting article on China's summer of climate destruction where extreme heat and devastating floods in areas where flooding was unheard of has wreaked havoc to many parts of that country. Okay, so Bernard, let's take off this morning. We all know the big story on the front page is um, about what? Or the front pages is about Baumia making it big and some other people following him. So let me take you to the Chronicles version, which is complete massacre. And the story is by Max Wolofuri. says the Vice President Dr. Mahabudu Baumia has convincingly been endorsed by the grassroots of the New Patriotic Party ahead of the crucial November 4 battle for the flag bearer ship slot. I'm not too sure about black, the use of 
grassroots there. Mm. Now, majority of the constituency, regional, national executives, as well as the Warren 37 members of parliament who cast their ballot, did so in favor of the vice president, Dr. Baumier. Now, none of his opponents could get 23% of Baumier's uh, 629 total votes garnered at last Saturday, uh, Saturday Super Delegates Congress held across the country. Now, there were 927 total votes mm-hmm. cast and uh, 923 total valid votes. Now, the closer contender we do know is Kennedy Ejampong, who had the 132 votes. Then that translates into 21% of the votes mm-hmm. uh, of Baumia, according to the paper, with the next candidate, Alan Chermanting, who had 95 votes, representing 15% of what Dr. Baumia recorded. Now, if you go mm-hmm. to the full numbers, so mm-hmm. you have, um, you know, uh, Alan having 95, Jogate 4, uh, Kojopoku 3, Friakoto 36, uh, Dr. Baumia, as I stated earlier, 629, Boache Jako 9, Kofi Kunedu Apreku, our man, 0. How? How? <laughs> How, Zane? Chale, Adainimo, 9, and then Kobina Ejie Japong. A man I was expecting to make it to the top 5 mm. didn't make it. The other story Project. is that uh, barring any agreement between the two candidates who placed 5th, mm. there will be a runoff election on September the 8th according to the MPP's constitution. Mm. When there is a tie, there must be a tie breaker. Mm-hmm. And this was made known during the press conference with Professor Michael Kwe mm. addressing the media. There's also a disciplinary committee mm. from the party MPP which yep. is summoning Kennedy Japong and four others to answer questions about their conduct during the election. And the story is on citynewsroom.com. It says the MPP has announced its intentions to summon flag bearer aspirant Kennedy Japong to the DC over threats and accusations he directed towards the president and the vice president during the Saturday special delegates conference. Now, while the circulated video, Mr. Japong is heard uh, threatening the two leaders over attacks on his agents. So that's another story there well let me give you two angles from the herald and the daily graphic the herald seeks to explain Mm -hmm. the loss as well the disappointing performance Mm -hmm. of some of the candidates and uh, they focus on alan chamartin if Mm -hmm. you go to page two Mm uh page three of the paper uh alan chamartin being humiliated into political retirement according to the herald it says that insiders tell the paper that mr lancher martin is never seen around the party until the next flag bearer contest they also claims that he does not warm up to people easily hence he has no constituency in the party he was further mentioned as having uh, uh, having poor human relations while dr baumi had inherited incumbent president Kufado structure in the mpp mr chairman was tipped to at least play second in the contest after the vice president has not been able to keep and maintain the structures of former president John Ejikumkufa, who left him some 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. If you go to the Daily Graphic, they are taking the opinions of some political scientists on what happened, mm-hmm. and they are saying that November 4 mm-hmm. is crucial. Mm-hmm. If you go to page 13 of the Daily Graphic, you will get that analysis from four political scientists. Mm-hmm. So you have Professor Edward Brenner of KNUST, Dr. Richard Asa Asante, and uh, also Professor Jampo. So Professor Brenya, for instance, says that uh, last Saturday's poll was not necessarily a reflection of what will happen in the party's presidential primary mm. on November 4. Okay. Let, let me just give you two final angles on the Northeast. NPP Northeast says assault on Alan's agent was exaggerated. Mm. So in a press statement, the communication director of NPP in the Northeast region, Walibe Amos says the attacks on the campaign coordinator of Alan Martin have been exaggerated. He explained that the incident was an altercation between the agents in question and the regional youth organizer of the party and not an attack by thugs. Mm. Meanwhile, former president Mahama on City Newsroom 
is uh, saying that electoral brutalities a stain on your legacy. Mama to Akufuado. Former President John Domani Mama says electoral brutalities remain a stain on the legacy of President Akufuado and the Vice President Baumia. This follows the pockets of agitations and attacks seen in the just ended special delegates conference by the MPP. In a tweet, the former president said, brutalizing opponents in an election has no place in modern society, especially among members of the same party. That's true. All right. uh, anyway, but it shouldn't happen even in an election. So even within the, you know, the country between two different parties, we shouldn't brutalize anybody. Uh, let me take you to page three of the uh, Chronicle. There's a story there. Good news. Uh, we are going to do more registration of uh, people on the national um, you know, database, which is the National Identification Authority's mm -hmm. database. So mm -hmm. we're told that um, NIA to resume registration of Ghanaians 15 years and above. Now, the story is by Stephanie Binkran, and it says that the National Identification Authority, NIA, will today, the 28th day of August 2023, resume the registration and issuance of Ghana cards to Ghanaians aged 15 years and above who are first-time applicants and at no cost to them. Now, in a statement issued by the Corporate Affairs Directorate of the NIA, it explained that the service will be available at eight out of the 16 NIA regional offices and all 276 district assemblies or district offices across the country. The names mm -hmm. are provided of the district assemblies uh, that will be affected and, of course, the, the regions to be affected. Get a copy of the Chronicle and read the full details. All right. Well, let me take you to the Daily Guide on page 6. This rather bizarre story hmm. that went viral over the weekend. Man killed in Juju gunshot test. Hmm. It was a video that was trending everywhere and the police have actually arrested one of the persons. A 28-year-old man, Amokwejo, who allegedly went for a champ or juju to make him powerful and impenetrable by gunshots, has died as bullets went straight into his body during the alleged testing of the charm. Mm. The unfortunate incident ha happened at AEM, a farming community in the Mpoho district of the western region. The deceased was among six other young men who claimed nothing could kill them mm. because they have charms and so have been terrorizing residents in the area. Mm. According to sources, the young men had also been attacking small-scale miners in the community to steal their gold uh, bearing. Uh, or popularly called Black. The alleged shooter, Emmanuel Kweku, 22, 22, who is currently in the grips of the police, mm. was said to have shot the deceased at the Subri River Bank in the area during the alleged spiritual exercise. Well, most likely, manslaughter charges. Right. Are now, let's go to Kwame Pini. This story is everywhere. Mm -hmm. He is saying that the governor of the Bank of Ghana should not be blamed for the losses. Mm. And I don't know if you can read on the front page headlines okay. with it. So this one in the Ghanaian Times says, BOG governor deputies not responsible for economic woes. Mm. The story is by uh, Cliff Ekufel in the Ghanaian Times, page 12. And the story says, a, the renowned economist, Dr. Kwame Pienim, or is he a doctor? Mr. Mr. Okay. Has rebuffed claims that the governor of the Bank of Ghana and his two deputies were the cause of the current economic hemorrhage and losses of some uh, 60 billion Ghana cities to the bank. Now, he has therefore asked Ghanaians to stop blaming the governor, Dr. Ernest Addison, and his two deputies and drop the call for their resignation. Now, speaking in an interview with an Accra-based broadcaster over the weekend, Dr. Pianim, it's actually Mr. Please, uh, said the, uh, uh, the governor and uh, his team had not perpetuated any fraud as such and could not be blamed for the incompetence and mismanagement that people are talking about. Now, he goes on to say that uh, the governor's resignation would not solve any problem. And he goes on to provide you further quotes in the story. All right. Let me take you to This is Ghana. It ended over the weekend mm -hmm. on a high note. And the story is here. It says that the 
2023 edition of the This Is Ghana exhibition organized by CTFMCT TV mm. concluded on a successful note with numerous exhibitors achieving satisfactory sales running for two days from Saturday, August 26th through Sunday, the 27th. The event took place at the forecourt of the AMA, which is here in Accra. Over the course of the days, hundreds of exhibitors presented their products and services, allowing attendees to experience a diverse array of made-in-Ghana products through various sensory channels. Mm. Now, in total, more than 300 exhibitors participated in the event, showcasing their offerings to the public. The exhibition provided a valuable platform for local SMEs, startups, research and manufacturing industries, mm. homegrown businesses and indigenous corporate bodies to highlight their indigenous products and services. I, I went to the one of the stands, Makbansi, yeah, yeah. where they are doing Chale, amazing perfume riding. Chale? Chale. Mm. The spirit yeah. of Timbuktu. It's beautiful. I carry the thing home. It's world class. I shower. Uh, and then I you came you, back to, you know. And then you <laughs> came back to the Charlie is super. It was just a small piece they put on him. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. No, no, the thing no, no. there is no, doing no, very, no, very, no, very, no, very well. Should I take you abroad? Mm. Or you have uh, a couple more of Before stories? you go abroad, I wanted to. Okay, I think we've done enough local stories. Okay, then let me give you a couple of headlines from the continent. So, the crocodile. Uh, president of Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. that's his nickname when I say the crocodile. Yeah. President MSM uh, Manangagwa. Manangagwa, he's fending off electoral fraud claims. Mm. He's won the election beating Nelson Chamisa. Yeah. And if you go to uh, sub region, Niger's Hunter invites Mali Burkina Faso to bolster defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's currently also ongoing. And then finally, from my end, Bernard, two other stories, this mm-hmm. time from the West. Mm-hmm. Hey, Charlie, Donald Trump. Trump campaign raises $7 million through Max Shot. No busy. Donald Trump's election campaign yes, said, out. Yeah, yeah. Yes, said it had raised $7 million since his police Max Shot yes. was taken at a prison in Atlanta, yes. Georgia, last Thursday. Mm-hmm. Much of the money comes from merchandise such as mugs, mm-hmm. t-shirts, and drink coolers bearing the former president's scowling face. No, sorry. Mr. Trump was released on jail, charged on bail, charged with plotting to overturn the state's 2020 election results. And finally, for my end, if the they, British if, government... If, they, if Trump gets on that ballot <laughs> in 2024... Easy win, easy win. He's going to beat <laughs> whoever <laughs> is... I mean, it's like, the more they persecute him, the more he gets popular with his base. Whether the middle ground will shift is a different question. But mm. the, the guys... His resilience is incredible. Yeah. Yes. Now, the UK, uh, the British government says that judges will be required mm-hmm. to impose mandatory whole life orders mm-hmm. on killers who commit the most horrific type of murders, meaning they will die in prison. Let me give you some very good po- sports stories. Yes. Okay. So, before that, Mediama is through to the next round of the uh, CAF Champions League. Yes, dreams as well. They won 3-2. Mm-hmm. This is citysportsonline.com. Uh, then Dreams FC get better of Guinness Milo FC. Mm. I don't know where they got the name from to progress Milo, to the next phase. Right now, West Ham complete 38 million pound deal for Mohamed Kudus. Wish him well. It was 44, 42 euros. Million. That's euros. It's just 42 euros. Million euros. So he's a hammer and the team is happy to have him. He's the second uh, Ajax player to have joined this season. Mm. There's After also Alvarez. Alvarez from that team. It's a big move for one of Ghana's best players yeah. in Europe and we are very, very happy Wish him well. for him. Mm-hmm. And then City Sports also has a story mm. that uh, Liverpool come back from the dead. <laughs> Darwin Nunes <laughs> grabs 10-man Liverpool win at Newcastle. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a very good story. That's a remarkable yeah. comeback. Yes, yes. That's when, a remarkable you, when you comeback. lose there, you don't want to be reminded. Well, no, we, no, we haven't lost this season. Oh, okay. so uh, well, let me give you another feel-good <laughs> sports story. You remember Freezy McBones, the Ghanaian boxer who is beating people like he's hungry. He's arrived in the country to join 
the country's national boxing team. Oh, I see. He wants to go to the Olympics. On Ghana's ticket. On Ghana's ticket. I was watching the World Athletics Championships, and you know, Charlie Kenya, Ghana, Kenya, Kenya, four by <laughs> really. Ivory Coast dropped the baton. Yeah, I was so sad. Exactly. You know, now I'm looking for Africans to support. Yeah, yeah but right. the Kenyans gave you joy. Kenya did well. Mary Mora well. won the 800. Kenya, Kenya, I think you know in the argument between Kenya and Ethiopia, mm -hmm. this year Kenya won. Oh, Kenya, Kenya won it yeah. easily. In the previous one, Ethiopia yeah, did Ethiopia better. Won. This year Kenya has. But done. our guy, they say what he had muscle pull or something. Yes. Uh, so uh, Dazi, he he had an injury before he went, so he could on his see through it. No, no, uh, the injury, the, the, the tour one happened at the tournament. Oh, Jamie. You know, so it wasn't a really good Ghana, uh, we see top outing oh. for us. You don't see top crowd. So I was looking for Cote d'Ivoire, Guinea, anybody to support. Oh, I don't get Nigeria, that's right. everything. Ghana, there, Charlie. You see, and the thing is, you can, I always say, Bernard, you cannot hide the bottom. You see, we Mer prepared. Mary Mora, mm. former world youth mm. medalist, mm -hmm. Kipiegon. Former world youth, a lot of them are youth, yes. So you can see the progress. All of them are youth, youth, yes, yes. Two, three years ago, they were running under 18, yeah. under 20 world championship. Yeah, we, they, we, Charlie, are, we are here. It was sad. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. <laughs> Seven o'clock is fast approaching. City Business News brought to you by Girl, our super experience on 95. It's a high-grade fuel that we sell at the same price as normal fuel. Our diesel XP is low in sulfur. It's an eco-friendly option for your vehicle. With over 440 stations across the nation, join the family that rewards you with quality for an energized driving experience. Goyle, good energy. Go, yeah, yeah, dear. MTN Momo. We are in MTN Momo season. Download the Momo app on the Play Store or the App Store and use your Momo Pay for your day-to-day -day transactions to a merchant. Either through the QR code or the merchant ID. You could win a thousand cities weekly and other amazing prizes. Our merchants are also not left out of the reward. Receive payments and win. Keep using MTN Momo on the Momo app and get rewarded. There are lots of exciting prizes for everyone. Visit momomerchantapplication.mtn.com.gh for more information. The founder and CEO of Kyla Nicholas. <laughs> the founder and CEO of Kyla Nicholas. Hello, sir. Who produces bags, produces... Uh, what else do you produce? Clothing, but we put a hold on clothing. Yes, so we're concentrating bags. on the bags now. Yeah. And then, I think you should add belts. Wallets. I'll do that. I need, I need wallets. I'll do a wallet for you. You know, we don't want supporter and singlet. <laughs> now, we want wallet. We want belt. <laughs> we want... You know, there are these bags that young men use. The, the pouch that yes, the cute uh, yes. ones. If you do pouch, yeah. I'll buy it. If you do belt, I'll buy it. If you wallet. do wallet, and you write Aloski. I'll write your name. In the Custom corner. made in the corner nicely. Yes. And then watch too. I'll do it for you. So Vivian Kaluko <laughs> is a journalist by day and a fashion designer by night. Thank you. But we saw some of her things during this is Ghana. So this morning she's here to present the news. Go and buy it for your mom and your sisters. Charlie. You are here. bless you. You are here. I, hear. I, want, I almost said something, but I won't say it again. Play the news ticket. So she has the details for City Business News Monday morning. Take it up. Thank you very much, Bernard. We'll start with the AGI because industry players are demanding beverage businesses be compensated for accumulation of debts as a result of the 300% utility charges slapped on them under the special industries category by the Public Utilities Regulatory 
Commission in 2022. The Association of Ghana, which is fiercely advocating for this, is of a view that these firms should be reimbursed for what it considers to be unfair charges. Now, despite commending the regulator for not including industries in its September 1st upward adjustment of tariffs, the AGI says more must be done to cushion these affected businesses. CEO of AGI, Seth Chumakwaba, has been speaking to City Business News. So there was no basis to have increased it for industry. So they really didn't increase it for industry. The increment you saw is for residential. If you look at the water category, in September last year, when that special industry category was created for the beverage sector, uh, 300% was slapped on them. And that was a major problem for them because it's created a huge debt for some of the company. So now that is normalized, that outstanding is still there. How do we handle it? Because that was unfair charge. The debt that has been accumulated for those categories, the beverage companies, the debt that has been accumulated as a result of slapping the 30%, that debt is what we discussed how to handle it. Because uh, either some of them have paid for fear of being disconnected, and therefore it's a problem for them in their books, or some of them have not been able to pay and they are struggling the payment. Uh, there must be something to compensate them for that unfair charge, and that we are taking it up subsequently. Seth Chumakwabo is the CEO of the Association of Ghana Industries, AGI. Now, the government has indicated that it is employing the use of digital technology to drive economic growth in the country. The Minister of Communications and Digitalization, Esla Usoikufu, says not only does digital technology have the potential of raking in the needed revenue for the government, but it also has the potential of providing employment for Ghana's youth. Now, speaking at a stakeholders' engagement here in Accra, the Minister short of the government's commitment to improving the sector in order for it to thrive. We believe in the transformative power of digital technology and I know I'm speaking to the converted here and we're determined to build a digital economy and formalize our economy through technology. Since 2017, our commitment to fostering an enabling environment for digital growth has been unwavering a legal and regulatory framework coupled with significant investments in connectivity, data centers, digital payment systems, cybersecurity infrastructure, amongst others, has laid a solid foundation for a thriving digital ecosystem. There's also a big push for innovation within the digital economy space, as well as in the development of the needed skills to support the ecosystem. We're particularly proud of being ranked number one in Africa and 79th globally in fixed broadband by the Speedtex Global Index in February 2022. And we're determined to do even more. That was the Minister of Communications, Esla Usuekufu. Meanwhile, the SDG Advisory Unit at the Presidency has expressed excitement over the commitment of local businesses to align with the Sustainable Development Goals. Now, the 2022 SDGs budget indicates an increased allocation of over 200,000 Ghana cities and 500,000 Ghana cities for industry and agriculture, respectively, by the government. Speaking at the launch of the Corporate Social Responsibility and the Environment Social and Governance Institute, the presidential advisor of the SDGs, Dr. Eugene Owusu, highlighted the need for the private sector to embrace the sustainability agenda in augmenting government's effort to achieving the sustainable development goals. 
One good news, friends, is that businesses are increasingly aligning their strategies and their operations with the universal principles on environment, on human rights, on anti-corruption, and on social justice, amongst others. And many businesses are increasingly embracing good environment, social, and governance practices as the interest of investors and other corporate shareholders in ESG matters has surged in recent years. And we also do note that the current economic, environmental, and social justice crises have intensified calls for businesses to be more socially and environmentally responsible. One thing that is clear, abundantly clear, is, is that for businesses to prosper over time, they must not only deliver financial performance, but they must also show how they make a positive contribution to society and derive benefits for all stakeholders, including shareholders, including the employees, including their customers. Presidential advisor on the SDGs, Dr. Eugene Ousu. Now, the final day of the City FM and City TV, this is Ghana exhibition, reached a climax with customers and exhibitors praising the management of the two companies for developing such a business avenue to showcase made in Ghana products and services. My colleague Caleb Kuda has a wrap of activities of the two day event in the following report. The forecourt of the Accra Metropolitan Assembly has been besting at it seems in the last two days as City FM, City TV's This Is Ghana exhibition has brought together the finest, the best of Ghana, from products to services to business solutions. And it's not surprising that the former Deputy Trade Minister Robert Ahumkalese, after visiting the various vendors, was blown away. He had this to say to Ghanaians that we should patronize our own. When it comes to creativity in our clothing, uh, you can't play with that. And uh, again, I'm seeing a lot more, what let me call it, mixture, fusion of Ghanaian creativity and history with modern design and modern cuts, which then suits the modern woman or man that needs to dress for the office and so forth. The vendors at This is Ghana have been sharing their impressions with City News. A lot of people are trying to stay away from oily foods. So we dry ours, and it's possible because before technology, we used to preserve our foods with spices, and that's what we're doing with the killer with it. You know what? It's okay. Let me taste some and then do the rest. Sure, sure, sure. Joining me now is the general manager of City FM City TV, Bernard Alvin. Great job so far, hasn't it? No, I've enjoyed myself. Uh, visiting the stands, beautiful things, lots of patronage, um, the diversity. Skin products, clothes, food, electricals, IT, research, more food, um, financial institutions, amazing. I haven't even finished. I've done about 45%. I have another 55% to go. Yeah. How important is an exhibition like this towards shaping the psyche of Ghanaians to believe in ourselves and also towards contributing to our own economy by putting our city in our products? You know, I met somebody who was saying, oh, Ghana, things are not going well. What is working? I said, this is working. You know, we are a radio station, TV station. We've brought hundred and something companies together. Thousands of people have come. Connections are happening. I'm not saying everything is perfect, but the truth is that we have to do something for ourselves. We give access to markets.
That was the general manager of City TV and City FM ending that report filed by Caleb Kuda. Now, the 2023 This Is Ghana exhibition was powered by City TV and City FM and sponsored by MTN Momo, Nalo Solutions, Pan-African Savings and Loans, SNV Ghana, and EK Brand Consult. Let's now join Mark Jordan Sikanate of Data Bank for the latest on the Ghana Stock Exchange. Trading activity remained positive on the bears with the market indices posting gains for the second consecutive week. The GSE Composite Index increased to 3,069.32 points, with a year-to-date return of 25.59%, while the Data Bank Stock Index advanced 0.55% week-on-week to 120.78 points, with a year-to-date return of 14.67%. Standard Chartered Bank recorded the best performance out of three gainers and four laggards. On the price movers for this week, we anticipate Standard Chartered Bank to make further gains on growing demand while Cowbank and MTN decline on excess supply. That was Mark Jordan Sikanate of Data Bank for the latest on the Ghana Stock Exchange. Well, that's it for the breakfast edition of City Business News brought to you by MTN Goyle and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Vivian Kai. Local, do have a good business day. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Monday the 28th what a weekend so much to do you know if you if you are somebody who's not focused you will spend your weekend everywhere because there was so many things happening this is Ghana was happening uh, the AMA MPP was voting lot of sport if you're one for the athletics the 4 by 100 meter finals was showing and then the Sunday 4 by 4 and EPL oh my god Liverpool oh 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 I mean Jordan Club says I've coached over a thousand games yeah I've never seen this 10 men red card in a 28 minute one goal down against a vocifer he yeah. even said this is bigger than yeah. the 3-0 like uh, the 4 nil come back against Barcelona, Barcelona. And, and and I think I agree with him because that one wow. was at Anfield you know yeah. the atmosphere at Anfield yeah. sometimes yeah. gets the players playing but here you are in your opponent's Jale. half or stadium Jale. Lions Den you know Newcastle and their resurgence the, the referee was against you Oh really? not try at all at all at all at all at all. <laughs> you know, so lots of positive news. Our teams in the African tournaments have also qualified. Midyama is yeah. through. So too is Dreams. 
So it was a great weekend. It was a great weekend. So kickoff is brought to you by Lesherho Savings and Loans. The safe heaven for depositors with value, security, as well as competitive returns. We offer flexible deposit products for 91 days, 182 days, and 365 days. Open a fixed deposit account with us now. Call 0577-707700. Lesherho, let's improve life. Evans of Ochumanso is here. Evans, take it up. Hello, many thanks for joining me, Evans of Ochumanso. For the big sports stories making waves in Ghana and across the globe on kickoff uh, this morning. Because I feel that's what football is about. Um, my dribbling ability, strength, finishing also. You know, yeah, so I'm just here to do my best to, to help the team, you know. So the fans should just expect some entertainment. We hear more from the latest Black Stars player to join the English Premier League, Mohamed Kudus, after completing his deal from Ayas to West Ham. Plus, Jürgen Klopp reflects on Liverpool's hard-fought win against Newcastle in the Premier League, insisting it's more difficult than their famous win over Barcelona in 2019. Definitely much more. It was more difficult than the Barcelona game. Really? Yeah, of course, because it was the Barcelona game was at home. All this plus the latest from the 2023 World Athletics Championship and the US Open Tennis Championship, which starts today, and uh, we are powered by Lesherho on kickoff. All right, let's get into the details of our stories now on today's edition of Kickoff. This is City 97.3 FM. Now, Black Stars attacker Mohamed Kudus has promised to entertain West Ham United fans as he completed his move from Ayas. Well, Kudus has signed a five-year contract with an option of a further 12 months after completing his medical over the weekend. The deal, we understand, is worth around £38 million including add-ons been dreaming to play in a league like this since i was a kid so just taking each day by itself and just following my dream and then we are here today but it doesn't stop here we keep we keep writing history and then keep going yeah so excited to see you play in a west ham shirt for anyone who's, who's not seen you play any west ham fans who haven't seen you play before how would you describe the way you play i like to entertain the fans because i feel that's what football is about um my dribbling ability strength Finishing also, you know, yeah, so I'm just here to do my best to, to help the team, you know, so the fans should just expect some entertainment. All right, so if you're a West Ham United fan, that's a promise from Mohamed Kudus, more entertainment for you later this season. Now, away from that, let's do some local club football stories now and a medium sporting club. Uh, through to the next round of the CAF Champions League qualifiers. Uh, they won a thrilling penalty shootout 3-2 against Remo Stars of Nigeria. On uh, yeah, That's yesterday. The game happened at the Remo Stars Stadium in Ikene in Ogun State, Nigeria. And so after uh, Remo Stars won that game 1-1 to tie 8-1-1 on aggregate, we had Mediama winning on penalties. And so Evans, our guest in Adote's side, have now set up an enticing showdown in the next round of the qualifiers against Guinean giant Oroya uh, for a place in the group stages. So meanwhile, while the MTN FA Cup champions Dreams FC are also through to the next round of the qualifiers when it comes to the CAF Confederations Cup, uh, they won 2-1 
over Guinea side Milo Stars. They can can at a crossbow stadium and uh, get goals from Ajanim Boatemans and John Entry. So that's the scorers for uh, Dreams FC who defeated their opponent Milo FC. And so 3 2 on aggregate, that's the ultimate scoreline there for Dreams FC. And uh, they will next place Sierra Leone's FC Kalon. But before that, let's hear from the head coach of uh, Dreams FC, Abdul Karim Zito, who says he's elated with his team's progression to the next phase. I told you people that it won't be easy for me because the name alone may deceive you, Milo FC. So you might think you can just boil hot water and then finish them. Now you saw it yourself. I'm very happy for my boys. I'm very happy for the club. I'm, I'm very happy for myself. Because we work towards this victory and then we achieve it. Because uh, I told you people that I went to Guinea with two objectives. That is either to win or to draw. And I had one of the two. So again, here I said <laughs> I need nothing but to qualify. I don't care about the goals. I just want to qualify. If it, I do, it was a hard way, but I'm very happy I've achieved my objectives. All right, that's the elated head coach of Dreams FC, Abdul Karim Zito, speaking there. Now, still on the local scene, the GFA Elections Committee are expected uh, to publish their decision on the aspirants today after last week's veteran at the Alisa Hotel. Uh, disqualified candidates will have until Thursday, August 31, to appeal the veteran result before the elections on September 27. In Tamale, we know that GFA President Keto Kriku has been contested by former Vice President of the Association, George Efri. So we have eyes on this and we'll bring you more as and when the Elections Committee released their decision on the vetting held last week. In the meantime, Keto Kriku has been appointed as the Sports Advisory Board member of the University of Ghana in Legon. Uh, the board we know consists of 18 members from academia, the private sector and the football community and they have been taxed with creating a comprehensive sports plan to encourage participation from students and staff within the university community there. So that's the latest from that one, the University of Ghana students and what they have now with that uh, story. Uh, let's do more. Uh, we'll do football in a bit, but let's now focus on boxing. Yes, and uh, Ghanaian heavyweight uh, boxer Seth Jiman, popularly known as Freezy McBones, has affirmed his belief in clinching more medals for Ghana he made his pronouncement upon arrival yesterday from the United Kingdom after accepting to represent the Black Bombers at the upcoming 2024 Olympic qualifiers in Senegal. Well, in an exclusive interview with City Sports, the 33-year-old boxer says he's excited to be back in Ghana and ready to do greater exploits for the boxing fraternity. I believe dreams come true. There is nothing better than coming back home to um, give the, a, a little bit of knowledge, you know, to support your country, you know. And I believe we're looking forward to bring the victory and a lot of gold, a lot of medals back to Ghana. Soon we're making our way to uh, Senegal and it's going to be entertaining, it's going to be fun. But at the end of the day, Ghana going to take most of the medals to come back home. After that, um, we're going to put more work and me, myself, I'm going to do much more and a little bit knowledge I know to support the team. Push it harder and look forward for next year Olympic in Paris. Right, so that's Freezy McBones speaking to City Sports after his arrival yesterday in Ghana. And now to the English Premier League and uh, Darwin Nunez scored two goals for Liverpool to complete a stunning comeback at uh, Newcastle United in a game where Virgil van Dijk was red-carded and good time to hear from Jürgen Klopp who says Liverpool's hard-fought 2-1 win over Newcastle 
is a better one or more difficult, as you say, than the famous win over Barcelona in 2019? Definitely much more. It was more difficult than the Barcelona game. Really? Yeah, of course, because it was the Barcelona game was at home. We played a sensational first game, lost it, 3-0, but knew a lot about ourselves and a lot about what, how we can hurt Barcelona if we defend them properly. Today is completely different, so we didn't start particularly well into the game. We um, conceded a goal, got a red card, um, and then actually we played better from that moment on. We played better, we were much more controlled, we gave them and obviously Newcastle struggled now with creating properly because we were now more compact um, and fought really hard. Alright, so that's the Liverpool boss here again. Club Man City also uh, defeated Sheffield United by two goals to one and a uh, good time to hear from midfielder Rodri after the game. Yeah, I think it's, it's a great start for us. I think that the team, even though we didn't have a big preseason, uh, lots of you know games last season, finish uh, late and then start very soon. Uh, the team is, is great, even though we have some injuries uh, that we need to come back. All right, so that's Man City midfielder Rodri there. Also in the EPL, Aston Villa went away to beat Burnley by three goals to one, after which their team bass was attacked by no injuries there. Tottenham were two new winners at uh, Bournemouth. Arsenal two, Fulham two. Brentford also drew 1-1 with Crystal Palace. Wolves went away to beat Everton by one goal to nil. Manchester United, they beat Nottingham Forest by three goals to two. And then West Ham three, Brighton one away from home. In some other key stories, Roberto Mancini has been appointed the new manager for Saudi Arabia two weeks after he resigned as Italy's head coach. And the World Athletics Championship was ended yesterday. USA with uh, 29 medals to wrap it up. They are the best nation. For Africa, Kenya finished with 10 medals in fifth place with Ethiopia, following suit with nine medals, completing the top 10. And uh, listen to this one. American athletes, that's Noah Niles, who won the 100 and 200 meters double at the championship says his achievement is bigger than most um, NBA achievements. So quite a huge one there from him. And in the U.S. Open, Kasparud is up uh, today in the U.S. Open day one against Emilio Nava. And also we have Stefano Tichipas. He's up against Milos Rajonic. In the women's category, top seed Iga Shuyantek is up against Rebecca Peterson. And then Elena Ribakina, who is the f- uh, fourth seed, will be up against Mata Kostuk. We have eyes on the US Open. More on this later on the Sports Flash at 5 p.m. with Gabby Offer. We are back as well on that time. Remember, there's more sports on citysportsonline.com. Hasta la proxima. From me, Evan Sofuchumanso. I want to dedicate this song. This is the City Don't Breakfast Don't Show, the city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Going down south. Not making it back. May the Lord bless you so. I love you, girl. Every time I make a run, girl, you turn around and cry. I ask myself why, oh, why? See, you must understand. I can't work a nine-to-five, so I'll be gone till November. Said I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November. You tell my girl, you I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November. You tell my girl, you I'll be gone till November. January, February, March, April, May. I see you crying, but girl, I can't stay. I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November. And give a kiss to my mother Girl, I gotta leave 
please don't cry When I come back, you know the limits the sky I take you out to dinner to your favorite spot Feed you an aphrodisiac just to get you high Drive by a movie, by a cemetery If my corpse can talk, then I would tell you I was sorry Lifestyles of the rich and famous Some die with the name, some die City 97.3 This is the, the City Breakfast Show. You must understand, I can't work a nine to five. So I'll be gone till November. Said I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November. You tell my girl, yo, I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November. You tell my girl, yo, I'll be gone till November. January, February, March, April, May. I see you crying, but girl, I can't stay. I'll be gone till November. I'll be gone till November. You'll give a kiss to my mother. To my mother. We had nothing. I had to do something, so I'm knocking on heaven's door like I'm Bob Dylan. Never contemplating the charges I'm facing. My newborn son, I hope I see his graduation. Take him to the movies, by the cemetery, if my corpse can talk. 7:33. Wycliffe Jean says you'll be gone to November. Very interestingly, that was the headline the <laughs> Herald chose to use today. And if we're doing headline of the <laughs> headline of the of the weekend, I think that's that's the best one. It says Baumia gone till November. Leaves Patapahini Kennedy Japan others far behind. He also said Alan Chermating being humiliated in political retirement. MP Minister says give reasons. The Alan team has actually sent out a press statement which we'll be reading shortly. So now the big question is how reflective is August 26th of November 4? I think that's the question that needs to be answered. Will there be a reversal or will there be a repetition or will there be um, an entrenchment? I think that's a question for the morning and we, we need to discuss this. So will we see the second or third candidate pull a comeback on November the 4th? Because there's a way in which you can say Kennedy Japan's main group of supporters is not necessarily the the high and mighty in the party. <laughs> no, right? no, no, no. So if he's managed to get 15% among the high and mighty, he can only do better. Yeah. So that's one way you can see. You can also say, look, this is the way, it's a, a very good sample of the party. So 50, uh, 7, uh, 68% for Baumia means that he'll probably get 70%. Some could even say, well, it's actually going to get worse for the others because this is, this is, <laughs> going, this is going to demoralize them and his, his team will do much, much better. So there are three possible outcomes. And I, I'm going to push, pose that question to the, the panel to try and address. And to listeners as well, who, whose performance would you say impressed you the most? And then whose performance shocked you the most? And also, do you think November 4 will be the same as what we've seen? Will it even be better for Baumia? Or will there be a reversal? But let's wish a few happy birthdays before we get into that. Yep. Um, I'd like to say happy birthday to Mr. John um, Amwaku, my father-in-law. Oh, 
Mr. John Amako, happy, happy such birthday. Such a dignified, <laughs> such a gentleman. Yeah, he's, he, he's a MOBA. Oh my God. He's a MOBA. Oh my God. Went to MOBA, went to tech. Is that where Edwin too went? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so brother. my brother in law and brother in law oh, all went to fancy him. So yeah. Mr. John Amako, happy he's a, birthday. He's a to gentleman. You. Yeah. you know, women married their fathers. So <laughs> I think Gina saw a little. No, it's true. It's true. Because when I see your father in law, it's cool, Charlie is laid back, you know. And I think the daughter saw some of those traits in we, in a young man. We thank God. We thank so, God. Mr. Mako, thank you, thank you. Let's also wish a happy birthday to the founder and the secretary general of the Ghana Federation of Labor, Dr. Abraham Kumsen. Yeah, you know, it's one of my favorite. Trade unionist, he's yeah. been very, very consistent. He speaks the truth always. Based in Tema, Charlie, <laughs> going strong at 78. Yes, yes. I've yes. known him since 2005, mm-hmm. and I can tell you that he's a very consistent person. He hasn't changed at all. He's a, a very, very solid man. Mm. We need such people in our body politic. We need to give more voice to people like Abraham Kumsen. You know, mm. he's always fighting for workers. Mm. He's always fighting for workers. Mm. Also, a happy birthday to. Today's a very interesting day. Um, it's called World Nana Dr. Opoku Ampoma Day. Do you know who Opoku Ampoma is? My man, my man. He is the leader he, at the big man at Kolebu. No, no, no. Which one is that? See, Dr. Opoku Ampoma is the founder of IPS, hey. which later became UPSA. Hey. He's 95 years old. So, Opoku Ampoma hey. is the CEO of Kolebu, but he's not. He's not. Opoku Nkuma is good, but he's not up to this man yet. Oh, I see. This man founded IPS many many years ago, which later became UPSA. Okay. He's very. He's a venerated man. Mm-hmm. Of course, later on, NDC. I think Rollins also took yeah. IPS from him or whatever. But the point is that he is 95 years old today, oh. and the Global Alumni Association of UPSA are forever grateful to him. For his uh, foresight, which produced countless chartered accountants, yep. administrators, and marketers who are contributing to this nation. People like the Otunfo were trained. Dampari was oh. trained at IPS. Uh, Kandapa. Mm-hmm. All these people went. Imagine, you know, Kandapa, National Security Minister, went to IPS at some point. Dampari went to IPS at some point. The Otunfo went to IPS at some point. Oh. And I lived in Medina, so I know IPS very well. Mm. So when I see what's happening there, I think that we have to celebrate Nana. Brutally. Dr. Opoku Ampoma. Okay. Also to Benedicta Lalu Saki. You remain the sunshine on a cloudy day for us. We love you from Dr. Afutu Kote and the kids Damien, Kathleen and Brian. And uh, from Alvin Taylor, wishing a happy birthday to the best mother a son could ask for. Words and accolades aren't enough to describe your care and affection. Happy 70th and may the good Lord continue to bless you and keep you under his bosom from Alvin and from Auntie Janet, my sister, my friend. Happy 70th. See, you light up every room you enter. Your infectious smell makes you loved by many. Happy, happy birthday, my dear sister. I love you today, tomorrow, and forever. From your sister Nanefua to see. Two birthday wishes from my side. So happy birthday to Mrs. Samira Ayado, CEO of Ultimate Solutions Financial Services Community 18, Tema, from the Bafuewa family and members of Abundance Grace Baptist Church Community 20, Tema. They say that may the Lord continue to bless you and your family. Um, a final one from me uh, goes to uh, my old 
uh, schoolmate, uh, Margaret Asante Danso. Okay. She's an ardent listener of the City Breakfast Show, works at Echo Bank, and also a, a key member of uh, the Dansoman Rotary. S- sounds like a name I know. My, yes, my first she does. She's a Rotarian. No, no. My first news editor is Jacqueline Asante Danso. Oh, okay. So I don't know if she's related. We could, I could find out, but she went to Martin Dupore. Sky, you remember Jacqueline? Yes, Jacqueline. Yes. Our first news editor yeah. for City News. Yeah. We've come such a long way. Yeah. Good morning, Jacqueline Asante Danso. Yeah. So happy birthday to Margaret Asante Danso. It's also coming from your nephew, mm. Blazing Ajimai. A few more. Uh, happy birthday to my uh, perfect Atiana of GRA Ring Road Office, my first fruit by nurturing. May the Lord continue to watch over you and fulfill His purpose in your life. <laughs> Have a blissful new year filled with love, peace, and a closer work with God and lots of kashito. Love you. Coming from Mamele. Good morning, brother and team. Wish my lovely wife, Frida Wingham, a happy birthday. May God crown her years with goodness. Thank you, my love, for all the love, sacrifice, and support from your husband, Ebenezer Adote Ado of Access Bank and the kids. Jading and Jerome, we love you. Right. Happy third birthday to Ariel Selikichipui. Wishing you a day filled with laughter, joy, and wonderful adventures. May your year ahead be as vibrant and beautiful as your smile. With love from Ellie, Dede, Sefa, and Ceci. Wish a happy birthday to Chris Anang, belatedly, of Old Mutual and Calvary Baptist Church, Teshi. Man like Chris is a blessing to have from the Agenda crew. Bernard and crew wishing uh, my uncle Fred Butwe a happy belated birthday and his wife Angelina Agble Butwe a happy birthday from Austin in Koforidua. Wish my personal person now, Dole of Unimark GIG, a happy birthday. I wish her God's blessings. You didn't add your name. Uh, wishing uh, my wife, uh, Mrs. Salome Amwate of the Tamale. Central Hospital, a happy birthday from Richard New Achimota. Saturday was your birthday. And just a quick public service announcement. It says, Bernard, there's a mentally unstable lady standing just under the footbridge close to the Africa Regent Hotel. She's stuck naked. Mm-hmm. Can some authorities come in and do something about this? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Jacqueline, I'm told, is Mar- uh, Margaret's big sister. Oh, I so see. Your, your, your schoolmate's oh, okay. big sister was my first Oh, okay. So I can actually say, okay, I can put it this way. My first real boss in life was well, Jacqueline Asante Danso. The first job I did as a national service person was City. Okay. And when I started working as a journalist in the news, she was my first boss. Oh, okay. So she would edit my scripts. She would, she would tell the company whether I was doing well or not. Oh, okay. But so, then that also explains uh, Margaret's ardent listenership of. No, no. And Jackie is good because she will <laughs> give you, guys, she will give you, you, you work with Fred Moore. Yeah, TD, but Jacqueline will give you very good feedback. Mm. Very good feedback on, on your work in a very objective Deep way. Manner. Yes. And so, and Jack, Jacqueline was tough. She was tough. So I think it's, it's helped me get the rigor. Then the toughness is the fact because Maggie is also very tough. Ah, you see. Yeah, Maggie is tough. Tip of the old block. <laughs> All right, I asked a question of yes. listeners which you didn't hear. Tell me. So, yes, and, and let me just repeat the question for listeners. So, will November 4 be a repetition of August 26. Hmm. Will there be a reversal for those who believe they could have done better? Or will there be an entrenchment? So what I'm basically asking is that Baumia got 68, Kennedy got 14.3, Alan got 10 point something. Will November 4 be the same pattern? Or will the number 2 or 3 claw back some pride? Mm-hmm. Or will Baumia worsen their plight by probably going so i want you to think about it i just think about it 
I have answers. Yes. No, 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 teacher. No, wait. I want you teacher to... Teacher first. <laughs> teacher me first. No, let, let, me, let me deal with... No, wait. <laughs> yes, a quick copy. Say me first. <laughs> yes, wait, wait. As let, the kids will say. Let me do something. Let, let, me, let me earn my salary. For two minutes. I beg you. Have you brushed your teeth? Yes. Yes. Well, we have Pepsodent Herbal, which is infused with a unique blend of green tea mm-hmm. and herbal extract. You know what I like about this? Mm-hmm. When we were young, they used to tell us to use charcoal. Yes. People were like, oh, what is charcoal? Mm-hmm. Now, Pepsodent charcoal, white, mm-hmm. is actually a uniquely made charcoal and lemon essence that restores your teeth's natural whiteness. Mm-hmm. So, ancient wisdom, modern uh, toothpaste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Every smile matters. Remember to brush your teeth twice daily with Pepsodent. It's very important. Now, NLA is also introducing their new draw machines. And from September 11, hey, what a date! <laughs> September 11, <laughs> 2023, we are introducing an additional draw to our morning and evening draws. Get ready for an afternoon draw dubbed Noon Rush. Mm. Will be held from Monday to Saturdays at 1 p.m. every week. It's the it is triple the excitement and triple the win with our Vag Lotto draw at 10 a.m. Noon Rush, 1 p.m. and evening draw at 7:15 p.m. Now, NLA does not send WhatsApp and Facebook messages to register to a group or pay a fee in exchange for winning lotto numbers. Report fraudsters to 0266087966. So, if anybody tries to reach you on WhatsApp or Facebook to try and convince you to pay any amount of money for, for a lotto number, please, the person is not genuine. It's not from NLA. Call 0266087946. And experience true convenience with a Zenith Visa or MasterCard. You can shop online. You can make payments at retail outlets. I need to say that every vendor I saw at This Is Ghana, and there were probably 200 or more, had a setup with a Momo payments. Mm-hmm. And I was really impressed with that. You know, all of them, even including the food sellers, everybody had Momo. It was very, very good. Now, Zenith Visa or MasterCard helps you make payments at retail outlets locally and internationally. You can conveniently shop online. Help you effect transactions on ATMs here in Ghana and abroad. Get your Zenith Visa or MasterCard today at any Zenith branch and experience the true convenience of card payments. Zenith Bank in your best interest. And uh, let's talk about breakfast. Let's talk about cereal. Let's talk about wholesome oats and grain. Let's talk about less sugar. We're talking Macaberry breakfast cereal. Can be enjoyed at any time. Breakfast as a beverage. 11 o'clock as a snack. 2 p.m. as an in-between snack. Now, there's a new expression I heard in my house. I'm feeling snacky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm Daddy, I'm feeling snacky. So if you're feeling snacky, you can get Macaberry breakfast cereal. You don't feel snacky? You, you, when you were young, when you feel snacky, you do Gary sugar and milk. <laughs> the, the, the kids of today, when they feel snacky, they eat Macberry. <laughs> yeah, so they'll grow taller than you. And they'll, they'll make more money too. <laughs> this advert is FDA approved. Uh, All right, uh, so we're, we're, we're discussing. Okay, I think I need to do this as well. Um, I don't want to assume that everybody followed the. I just want to say a quick happy birthday. Oh, please do. Yes, please belated do, please happy birthday. Please do. To Shelter Aram Ama. 
Asiamwa mm-hmm. Shelter, Eiram Ama Asiamwa of the University of Ghana. You are a wonderful person. Celebrated your birthday over the weekend and uh, all your friends and colleagues are celebrating you for the great things that you continue to do with them as mm. friends and mm. also from your family. Right. And I associate myself with it. What I wanted to do was to give you the overview of the results but mm. i need to tell you that etec monday is happening um Nine. later today nathan what are you doing today at etec monday well this morning we'll be talking about bolstering growth for african for the african etec ecosystem mm-hmm. opportunities and challenges so that's what we'll be discussing we have three very interesting guests have the um who's director of programs at mest africa oh, Femi himself yes Femi himself will be here wow. we have nana jimfi um, Adjobo, who's with the Center for Distance Learning and Open Schooling. Yeah, Sendlos. Sendlos. Send then we had Kate Radford, who is the co-leader at the EdTech Hub. So this is going to be interesting. And it's brought to you by the MasterCard Foundation with support from MEST. All right, let's get into some other announcements. Sukasa. Sukasa says they have the O'Granton Communities Affordable Luxury Housing Project. Maybe you've come into some good money. You are looking for a good and nice place to stay. Speak to Sukasa. They've got three-bedroom units with an outhouse and four-bedroom units with an outhouse, all going for great prices. And you can find these projects at East Ligon Hills and Naimensa. And in the future, they'll be at Pokwasi, Amrahia, Shalibutri, and in other regions. Speak to Sukasa on 0302 0865 or send a whatsapp message to 055-369-7886 or get them on social media at sukasa gh sukasa building on trust Step into success with the Accra Business School. They've got their prestigious MSc degrees that are handed out by the KNUST. They also have great MBA programs that you can complete in just about 12 months or so. And they offer flexible entry payments and learning options. It's time to unlock your potential and take flight. Visit their website abs.edu.gh or call 0263 or 0263-888-666. Let Accra Business School elevate your future today. Day. Now, Prospectus Ghana is the only shop you need to visit if your world is going to secondary school and you're trying to get supplies for them. You have to speak to Prospectus Ghana. They're on the graphic code opposite Toyota Ghana. You can even send them a message on their short code uh, star 447 star 899 hash. Follow the prompts to make your payments and all of those things. Or you can call them on 0302 or 0500-600-607. Prospectus Ghana, your one-stop shop for all school items and stationery. Water is important, and we talk about water all the time, but do, what do you know about the water you consume? That's why you need Verna Purified Water. It's water that's been properly tr- treated, so you are drinking the best. Now, with even uh, with every purchase of Verna that you make, they are, you are supporting society. They have a great orphanage project. They also drill boreholes, make surgery payments, and they pay the fees of brilliant but needy students. So, Verna is doing all things 360. Verna Purified Water, changing people's lives. All right, so we're going to analyze the results quickly because I guess maybe some of you may not have um, followed. So, um, 
yes, the, the, the results mean more than just the final outcome. And, and I think some of the, the devil is in the details. So 923 people voted, right? So I think the big, the, the sort of big takeaways, number one, not surprising, the Northeast region, everybody got zero except Baumia, right? So if you look at the spread I've sent to you guys, 28 for Baumia, everybody got zero, all right? Second story, Apreku got zero everywhere, right? Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, third point, and indeed, a lot of people said that somebody would get zero because these are a very self-selecting group. Se- third point was Kennedy being number two, Alan being number three. If you compare the two of them, um, let's just compare the regions that Kennedy won versus the regions that Alan won. So in the headquarters, Kennedy got 32, Alan got 25. In Ashanti, Alan got 10, Kennedy got 6. In the north, so the only other region that Alan beat Kennedy was the Western region where he got seven and Kennedy got three. And then in the, yeah, those are the only regions everywhere. And then in the upper West region where he got four and Kennedy got two. Central region was big for Kennedy. Japan got 19. Baumia won everywhere. Now, the thing about Baumia is that if you take his percentage wins, all right, so if you look at the percentage wins, Northeast 100%, Northern 94%, Western 94%, Upper East 86, Bono 82, Ashanti 82, Eastern 74, Upper West 72, Volta 71, Savannah 68, which is like the average, Headquarters 61, Bono East 59, OT 53, Greater Accra 51, Central 46, Ahafu 43, Western North 40. I'm told a lot of the MPs voted at headquarters. Okay. So I think uh, I'm going to make an extrapolation and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. If a lot of MPs voted at headquarters and Greater Accra, uh, no, they voted at headquarters, then it will suggest, it will suggest that the, the the numbers that somebody like Adai Nimo got because his his nine six came from headquarters, so it will suggest that maybe he has some of his supporters within the top brass of the party, because his nine and uh, Ejaku's nine are only differentiated in the sense that Ejaku had a better spread, so Ejaku got a vote in the Afro region, he got a vote in the Western North region, got a vote in Savannah and got a vote in Central. Got a vote in Greater Accra and got four votes in the Eastern. But Adai Nimo's spread is uh, six in headquarters, one in Eastern, one in Greater Accra, <coughs> and then one in Volta. Um, on Friday or Thursday, when I asked you guys to predict your top four, all of you said you thought Kwame Japan would be in the top <laughs> five. Yeah. He was not even in he the top there. six. He didn't, didn't at all. Yeah, and maybe we but, should we should we should we should we should start start from from there yeah remember when you asked a few weeks ago mm-hmm. what i made of when he officially launched this campaign mm. remember what i said about my my worry that his i i wondered whether his message would would really resonate whether mm-hmm. i would strike a good chord amongst party faithful either the larger group or the super delegates mm-hmm. i think that that concern and that fear was mm-hmm. was played out clearly from mm-hmm. the numbers you could tell that whatever it is he said really they did they didn't buy it about three votes in a headquarters one in north one i think this is i think what this means is that the this super delegates 
are very clear what they want. Yes. And they don't want to waste. They don't want to experiment. So like, <laughs> they, they, like, don't kind of waste that. Zero. Covenant of Apoku, please. Three votes. Stop it. Diogate, four votes. I was saying I wanted him to be in the top four, five for sentimental reasons. Yeah, I, not because I thought he yeah, would make it. I, I did. But I was still pretty shocked at his dismal performance. <laughs> one vote in headquarters. I mean, what shocked me was that he's from the Western region. He voted in the Western region. He got only one vote. Yeah, and he's a member of parliament for Ezekado. So is he saying that the chairman for his constituency didn't vote for him? Like you're saying, the top brass has told the party what yeah. they want. And did Apreku not have a vote? Well, the, 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 the former minister said zero. So clearly, here is he a funny member of the party? He's not. Not that I know. You know, so former MP. Yeah, former MP. <laughs> but former MPs don't vote. No, no, no. It's current MPs. Current MPs who vote. Clearly, the current MPs don't challenge. I mean, the taste is not so. There. Jogate, Western Region got one. Upper West got one. Western North got one, and then headquarters got one. Kwame Japan three headquarters, one Northern, one Greater Accra, and then one half. Everywhere else zero. Adaini most six headquarters. So he didn't get a vote in Ashanti region. Not even one. So so that's why sometimes we, the claim we make about Ashanti and all of that. <laughs> Baumia Ashanti, ninety-seven. Out of. Out of, one one eight, right? That's like only tw- uh, tw- twenty-one votes left. Yeah. Uh, Alan got ten. Mm-hmm. Kennedy Japan got six. Mm-hmm. A free Yakutu got five. I think if Riyakoto's performance as well, right? He's the only. Okay, he's the okay. He got votes in every region except northeast, northern, and Savannah. So his spread tells you he's of a national character. He had votes everywhere except northern. Nobody got anything in northeast, so that's not even that doesn't even count. So you can say he got everything everywhere except Savannah and the north, and that tells you that is the Baumia effect. Because Baumia's best numbers, um, <clears throat> of course, northeast, right? If you look at, if I show you his, um, his, his Baumia's top five regions, three are from the north. Yeah. Northeast, hundred percent. Northern, ninety-four percent. Upper East, eighty-six percent. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the question for the day is based on what we've seen on Saturday. Are we going to see a repetition in the same proportion? Are we going to see <laughs> momentum from the second or third candidate, a comeback to say this is not the right picture of the party? Are we going to see, is Mamiya going to give them a worse beating? Because mind you, Akufado did 80%, mm-hmm. 80-something percent in the first round. He did, even, he did even better in the second mm-hmm. round. Um, w- this is my suspicion. I think both uh, Dr. Baumia and Kennedy Ajimpon's numbers will go up. Oh, okay. This, this is this okay. is what okay. I think. Okay. I think both of them will will experience increases. So the, the top two, will experience, so it means that the okay. Hold on. If you add the the, 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 the top sixty eight plus fifteen is eighty three. So the seventeen percent left will be shared. Yes, among that's those what two. I think. I think Kennedy Ajimpon and Doctor Baumia's numbers will go up because now you are dealing with one a bigger group mm. and i think out of that bigger group is so you are saying you are, you are basically saying alan chavanti is going to lose ground his 10 percent will, will go i think so unless unless they re-strategize and find something to resonate because even in the build-up to this i you did not get the sense 
that he was really canvassing. You didn't get the sense that he was shaking the system and getting people to wonder or to look at him and say that this guy has potential. I think he makes it here because of reputation. But his people say standing. His people said to me that they didn't ex they were not worried about what number he came with in They wanted group. to make it here. Because their argument is that this group does not necessarily represent the generality no problem. of the He was always thousand. going to make it here. Anyway. No, so that's what I'm saying that so I just want to test your comment a bit. So you're saying you don't think he will you you, you are basically saying that like he will lose ground. I because you're saying Kennedy and Baumia will make inroads. I, yes, because but I his, think they appeal more. When you look at the larger number who vote, Dr. Baumia and Kennedy and Chipom both appeal more to those people mm. than Alan Chiamatti. I could be wrong. It's my reading of the situation. Because you Unless, know, of course... You know, you know, let me push you further. Because you see, the polls that we've seen suggest that Alan's popularity is within the generation of the Ghanaian populace, not within the MPP. Brilliant. Now, so if... But if the argument is true, then... The wider the the wider the the set of voters, the popular the more popular it becomes. Yes. Do you get me? So if you narrow it to just the super delegates, he's not popular. If you expand it to all MPP delegates, he's a bit more. He's popular. a bit more popular. If you expand it to all Ghanaian voters, he's more popular. Yes. That's how the progression. Yeah, is. I think. So those are not progressing. You cannot be correct. Okay. You see, you can say that he may get a few more, but I'm just talking about significant numbers. I don't think he will. Mm. He will get a lot of significant numbers from the wider pool. I think an energy mm. pump may do better. Your Kennedy point is strong because on TV, I agree with you, where you and I thought Kennedy was supposed to be strong with just the grassroots. And if he's managed to get 15% among the high and mighty, he can only do better. Yes. So, I don't know. We'll take a break. When we come back, <laughs> we'll address the question on the table. What will happen on November 4? Or what have you learned from August 26? Have you learned enough from August 26 to help you make a prediction about November 4? Coming up next, tech and social media trends. Brought to you by FBM Bank. Sending money to Nigeria has been made this easy with the new Pan-African payment and settlement system, the PAPS. You can send and receive money to and from Nigeria in minutes for business and personal purposes. Visit any FBN branch nationwide with your cash and your money is next door in no time. To receive money, all you need is an FBN account. Aside Nigeria, you can also send and receive money to and from Liberia and the Gambia. Call 059-692-1921. FBN Bank, you first. And amazing news, Vodafone Cash Special Bundles just got sweeter with the new Vodafone Cash Special Voice Offer. With only 5 CDs, you get 200 minutes of talk time, valid for 7 days on all networks. Make calls to all Vodafone, all make calls to all networks and all week at the best value on Vodafone Cash Special Offer. Dial star 110 hash to buy your bundle or visit my Vodafone app to make your purchase. And uh, Nathan is going to give us the trends. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a very, very busy, busy, busy weekend. Several activities. So Voice Factory is still on Voice Factory. Um, Jerry L. Charlie. Jerry L. <laughs> this week was Jerry a showdown week. L. So they faced each other. How what? many times did I mention your name? Three times. That guy is good. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah I've yeah. seen him do three Golden Mike performances. And I think he has 
all the elements of greatness. Yeah, he has something special. He's versatile. Yeah, something solid special. guy. Mm. Anyway, so other other things trending. You had the MPP's uh, super delegates conference. So several things trending from that. The number one trend from that is the word showdown. <laughs> the mm. word showdown mm. is trending. Mm. Little Tokyo. <laughs> Have you heard that movie? Oh, I've seen that. I've Show seen it so many times. It's one of my favorites. Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren. He's going to answer before the Charlie. So, Kennedy Japan had the word showdown trending. Uh, Ekufado is also trending. Following comments he made that, you know, a new leader will take Ghana out of the current economic situation. Charlie, people are absolutely... Why is that statement trending so much? Livid. People are so upset Why? with the president. Because he said a new leader will take us out. And somebody is saying, ah! But isn't that an admission that things are hard? I thought people should say, well... He's admitted finally that things are tough. Yeah, but people are also saying you are the president in charge. You still have time left. You haven't left to. Ah. You haven't voted. You are still in charge. No, but to, to be very fair, if you look at the timeline for the recovery, <laughs> he's right. The, 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 the recovery, no, it will be 2024 beyond. <laughs> anyway, other things trending. Uh, this is Ghana was also trending over the weekend. Two days of great exhibitions of, you know, great exhibition of made in Ghana product and services. Charlie Water is also trending. Then you had the sporting trend. Sancho, Man United, Bruno, Darwin Nunez, who I think put up the performance of the weekend. Oh my God. <laughs> and you know the funny thing? Two right feet, same side of the goalpost. Brilliant finish. Two yeah, shots yeah. on target, two one. Two goals. Good Banga. night. That's it. We are we are home. Anyway, let's do why, is, why are you looking at me like that? And Friday night. What's your too. problem? So no, Friday night. Have a problem. <laughs> Friday night into Saturday. <laughs> Chelsea two way. Oh, no, you come man. back and be complaining about Nunes again. The last time you gave, I started playing boom boom boom. You were on this man. Why did we go find money on this guy? You've used the word though. It's all boom boom boom. Boom boom boom. Oh, you reminded me of something. Anyway, let's end with some tech news. Now, researchers at the university. No, there's something called Sambe Wami. Dami Pomona. Dami Pomona. Oh, it's this guy. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. To some tech news now, researchers at the University of Exeter, okay, are, um, are to begin a new study into the effectiveness of high-tech socks that could prevent falls and illness in people living with dementia. Wow. Now, the so-called smart socks invention automatically collects data from sensors in the sock material before automatically sending it via Wi-Fi to an app used by a carer. Now, this info includes heart rate, temperature, sweat levels, and motion. And its co-creator, Dr. Zeke Steer, uh, told Sky News that it would allow carers to monitor stats without always being in the room. So, it's great for people who have dementia mm -hmm. and they are taking their care to the next level. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. So 12 minutes past 8. Ghana's newest lottery game draws live on Adom TV at noon and 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. daily. You can pick your phone, tablet, and computer and download the Game Park app on the Play Store. You can visit our website, gameparkgames.com, by dialing star 946-hash on all networks. Just choose four numbers between 0 and 9. It's easy to play and easy to win. 
So, will November 4 be a repetition of August 26? Will it be worse for the losing candidates or will it be better for them in a reversal? The team from Alan Chamatin has sent out a press release, which is Sky has it, if you can give us the details. Yeah, so the statement <coughs> was issued um, this uh, on Sunday, uh, but it came out this morning, Sunday, the 27th day of August 2023, titled Press Statement by Honorable Alan Chamatin. And it says that on Saturday, the 26th day of August 2023, the Special Electoral College, mm -hmm. convened by the New Patriotic Party and PP, selected my good self as one of the presidential aspirants to contest the November 4th presidential primaries. Now, congratulations to all my colleagues who participated in the selection process. I wish to use this opportunity to thank the Almighty God for his grace and mercy in guiding my path this far. I would also like to express my profound appreciation to the delegates of the Special Electoral College who voted for me in this initial selection process. My appreciation also goes to my family and the Allen for President A4P 2024 campaign team, including members of the pro Allen groups for their dedication and commitment to my campaign agenda. Mm. Now, I would, however, like to express my deep sorrow about the brutal assault of my polling agent in the Northeast region. This is an indelible blot on the integrity of the internal democratic process within the NPP. I wish my colleague speedy recovery and God's manifold blessings and would like to assure him and his family of my unwavering support for his well-being. Mm. Now, the A4P campaign, which is Alan for President campaign coordination team, is currently analyzing the results of the special electoral college election. And in the course of this week, I will deliver a public broadcast on the way forward for my campaign. Let me read that portion again because it's significant. He says, the A4P campaign coordination team is currently analyzing the results of the special electoral college election. And in the course of this week, I will deliver a public broadcast on the way forward for my campaign. Finally, I wish to reassure my teaming supporters, particularly those at the grassroots level, that the battle is still the Lord's. Mm -hmm. And that those who wait upon the Lord shall have their strength <clears throat> renewed. God bless our homeland Ghana and make our nation great and strong. Signed, Alan. So this came through yesterday and we got it today. So he'll make a public statement, a fuller statement yeah. beyond this initial reaction. On the way forward for the campaign, as to whether he's continuing or he's um, mm. doing he's, something. He's stepping down. Yeah, one of them. I mean, something would, would significant will be said mm. in that press, press, press engagement. Yeah. Um, mm. But you sense disappointment. Yeah. You sense disappointment in the team. Yeah. Placing third after being trying this since 2000. And, I mean, imagine if somebody was born in the year 2007 mm -hmm. when Alan started this adventure, mm -hmm. the person would be how old? 16 years 16, old. Yeah. So somebody who was born in the year he started his presidential thing mm -hmm. would have written BC mm -hmm. and actually been SS1. Mm -hmm. That's a whole lifetime. Mm -hmm. And the numbers are not getting any better. Mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah, he asked a lot of questions. And I think some of the newspapers analyzed it and said he's... I, I think you can say the biggest loser is Alan. 
if you want to be very honest, in terms of the nine, is yeah. the biggest yeah. because Kennedy's loss is not really a loss. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. And then, of course, I, I, I don't know what to make of a free A in a sense that his performance was pretty impressive. And mm, you, you I, particularly in I'm the not context, sure about okay, no, not impressive. <clears throat> Let me use the word. Yes. You, you didn't, the three of you, I even said, I mm. thought you could make the top five, mm. but you, the three of you didn't think you could make the top five. Mm. Yeah. So the word is not impressive, but he's obviously shown a certain stature. To get that disease is not easy, bro. <laughs> Charlie, somebody got zero. <laughs> somebody got zero. And this person used to be a minister. Look, Apreku used yeah. to be Look, if you imagine the top five MPs in '96 in Ghana, he would be one of them. Yeah, but Kufour, but, when Kufour became president, he was even considered for finance before he became trade. And then Nepal, the regional integration, and everything has disintegrated. Let you me, know? Let me. So, the 36 that free year got is not bad. No, not at all. Considering that I also started campaigning way before everybody yeah. did. So, so that I think the two winners, obviously, Baumia. Mm -hmm. His 68 is strong. His yeah. Then his, it's enough to his, work his with. Ashanti 97 is powerful. His <laughs> his concern will be central region and maybe greater Accra. Greater Accra he had yeah a lower percentage and then maybe a half. But apart from that he's strong. He see he's let me strong let everywhere. Me, let me try and break this down the way I see it. So <clears throat> for Baumia this was important that he do well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just place first, but do well. Yeah. You know, a signal of intent yeah. that he is popular across. Mm -hmm. Okay, also give him momentum. Yeah, and in the final month, in the build up to this, you could say that he had the most momentum. Yes, and it reflected in this yes. particular super delegates yes. vote. Yes, um, it must also be emphasized that there's a very distinctive difference in the personal in the in the persona of. In, voters here and mm. what we will see come november mm. okay and so as we explained on friday these are people that he meets quite regularly mm -hmm. and he would have gone back to reinforce yeah. Yeah. the relationships that he has with them yeah so all well and good for him mm -hmm. um you come to alan john kwejo chairman he needs to miss uh, good his message says he's sitting down to think through things through a lot of things might need to change for him. Mm. Um, I think in our conversations, we, we, we had noticed that his campaign had gone still the yeah. past month. Yeah. <clears throat> if you look at the Herald's analysis, also seems to share yeah. the same sentiments that his campaign had gone still. Now, mm -hmm. um, this was also supposed to be his crowd. In a way. In a way. Yeah. Okay. And these are persons that, for the most part, most of them are people he would have built the party with yes and so for him to struggle with this crowd ah, is significant now the reason why he will not like this is the fact that this also sends a message to his perceived larger base mm -hmm. for november mm -hmm. who will look at this and say are we wasting our vote or not mm -hmm. because if we give our vote to this person if he's not, he doesn't have support up mm -hmm. what does that mean down party here going forward yeah. okay so He's in a very tight spot mm -hmm. uh, with how to position himself and how to reignite his campaign. And that is key. And a few simple tips for me from him. 
I think he needs to revamp his campaign team. What do you mean? Um, are you talking the people? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I so if, if if he has people who are good, he should bring them. You see, he had he had significant disadvantages in the build up to this one. If you look at somebody like Kennedy, he's a consistent media presence. Mm-hmm. Okay, for the negativity, yeah. bad <laughs> press, good for, for him, all press is good press. Yeah. Okay, he does not really mind about those things. Yeah. Also, make sure. People understood what he stood for. Again, be it positive or negative. And, and I think we'll have larger conversations around that. Exactly, I'm coming. Among a certain class, yes. Mm-hmm. We, will, we will have conversations about what these people stand for yes. when the time comes. Yeah. But Alan is in a position where nobody knows where what he stood for, apart from a Druso. Yeah. Now that can only yeah. carry you so far, yeah. which is why the campaign no, went he still. Said, he also said I can beat Mahama for you. He said, if you take me to voter, I'm very popular. He said, the kind of support he got in the voter market at home, only Rollins got that kind of support. So he can beat Mahama. Yeah, obviously, it didn't go down very well because, again, how did... But is that not a good message? How do you carry it through? You see, he did that magnificent walk with the crowd and things. Yeah. It was momentum. What did he do with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you understand? For, for example, so he does the thing, then he goes to sleep for a month. So, for example, you can say... But you know, a couple of things. You can say you can say this. He didn't do a lot of interviews. It killed but, him. But Kwabne Japan did many interviews. It didn't help him. No. But you see, Kwabne, the, the, the point of attack for Kwabne Japan and the point of attack for Alan were completely yeah. different. So you think Alan should have probably sat down one on one on a hard interview and spell out his program in a more As I sit here, I don't know what Alan stands for. You see, Alan doesn't have a position on a lot of key issues that have been carried through. We can yeah. we do newspaper reviews for we've been doing this for two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We can take the newspapers from the past two years. Yeah. What does Alan stand for on what? He passes comments once yeah, in a while. I get you. It comes up. As against Baumia, who say he's defending the record of this government. Yes, so you exactly. know it's very clear what he stands for. Two. Or Kennedy mm. and Japan. So, yes, who's, what, yes, what you're right. So, so you're right. Alan Alan has Alan I, I don't Alan did a lot of things wrong with this campaign. Mm. My my I think he needs to look at his campaign. Is team. it a campaign that's wrong, or the man is not? Um, I, I want to use the word properly. So you, you are using a strategy. You are saying it's a strategy went wrong. Isn't that people? Isn't that people? Like, aren't people just tired of the? So like the? Is it like the the Alan thing has um, has waned off? Waned off? Yes, that's why I'm saying that. And hmm? he should have felt that sense because there was no aggression. Because, again, like I said, in our own internal conversations, which we can now put on air, we noticed how still the campaign had gone. But is the Alan, was the Alan thing ever built on strong media presence? The Alan thing was always built on this persona of a dignified, Kufo-like but, but, lawyer, but economist, you see, but, but you see a person, a gentle giant, but a persona, 2.0. But a person, so it wasn't like... So the kind of thing you're saying that you didn't see, about me as personality is... Strong, I mean, in opposition, attack, yes, economics, but digital, whatever. You know what he's standing for yes. in the election in terms of he's talking about the economy and all those things, all yes. right. <clears throat> Alan is not being positioned either by his role as trade minister or by his own personality on any issue, which is why I'm saying then the people who were managing his campaign, his strategist, he needs to take a look. Mm. Because in mm. the end, they failed to identify what his strengths and weaknesses were. But are we not making, even before the scrap? Are we not making too much of round one? No, that's what I'm saying. That for him, you see, for everybody, the risks are different. For him, he can say that this is not my base. 
But then again, you can also sit, like we've said, we can also say, this is your base because these are the people that yeah. you have built the party and with. And if you break this down, about seven of these guys are elected party officials. So yes. you have regional chairman, <clears throat> regional executives, constituency chairman. So these are not like, these are not um, appointed people necessarily. These are elected people. Do you understand? Yeah. Now, an elected person by extension is somebody who has the support of the people in the party i'm not saying that is the, the real base but yeah. i'm just saying that for a man of his stature you see the reason that his statement concerns me is that his spokespersons were telling me that this they just want to be in the top five now in into said the same thing to sander slightly said the same thing to me that they just want to be in the top five but now he's saying he wants to review the performance and issue a statement that suggests that even though they were saying it that they just wanted to be in the top five then number three has worried them. The fact that they didn't even come out as number two. Yeah. So they are not admitting it, but the fact that they didn't do better is what has led to this very somber statement but, released. But, but the universally accepted front front runner, mm -hmm. one of the universally accepted front runners for a competition comes third. And we are supposed and to suddenly in a distant third. And we are suddenly supposed to believe that it's acceptable. No, it's, it's not. not. Even within the selected group. Yes, even within the selected group, it's not. So he has work to do. It doesn't mean his, his chances are over. Of course, it is safe to assume that he will have a significant say come November. But what this does is the interpretation of this by that base. Because let people me, don't want to waste. Let, let me be a bit mischievous here. Okay. So I, I looked at the poll that Musa did in july yes please where 70 percent of mpp delegates he entered mpp delegates said that the economy the country was moving in the right direction 24 percent said the country was moving in the wrong direction and six percent said they won't tell you so you can see 70 percent of the 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 respondents within the mpp delegates said that they thought the country was moving in the right direction yeah. all right and then 30 percent they don't think so now that 70 percent has roughly translated to to what we've, we've seen. seen but the general population mm -hmm. only about 40 something thought the country was in the right direction about 44 or something yes all right the rest of the country thought the country was in the wrong direction so my yes. point is that maybe alan has a point when he says i am more popular among the general population exactly. so if you put me on the mpp ticket so so in mpp 70 percent say baumia mm -hmm. and that's 70 percent are the guys who are saying the economy is in the right direction. I'm just doing an extrapolation. I got you. So, Baumia's 68% is the 70% of the people who... So, basically, MPP supporters who think they have a chance mm -hmm. are 70%. Mm -hmm. And they want to stick that chance with Baumia. 30% mm -hmm. of MPP people who are delegates think, no, we are mm -hmm. not doing well. We need a yeah. change. Yeah. Now, my point is that if you take the national population survey that Musa did, yes. the number of people who actually then think that the country is in the right direction is much lower than 50. Yes. So, Alan could say, look, I am the candidate that the general population bar the hardcore or bar the, the MPP. I don't know. He could say, but did not. Which is what I'm saying. He needs to take a look at his strategy. Because this point that you made is perhaps could perhaps be his strongest selling point with the delegates. I might not be popular within the party, but I'm the one who can win you an election. Mm -hmm. In the end, what do you want? You want to win an election and maintain power. Mm -hmm. All the polls favor me nationally. The polls do not favor me internally mm -hmm. in terms of... And none of the polls have given him victory. Mm -hmm. But all the polls that have been done on a national level give him a slight edge. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yes. Not a comprehensive edge, yes. but a slight edge. Yes. How forcefully did he reiterate that message? He did not. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Between now and November, 
he might need to sit down and start considering what his options are when it comes to selling a new message mm -hmm. because at the moment and getting a bit more aggressive because i don't think his passive style is working for him right now mm. then on kennedy at japan he would be smiling of the lot i think him and uh, former Greek minister are the two who would be <laughs> smiling the most because um, Kennedy again significant wave of uh, momentum one would say in yeah. the past month although that momentum slowed down a few days to the voting if you notice after some Which, I, I think that was deliberate yeah be, because I sense that the negative message was not working so there was a certain slowdown mm -hmm. And when Sander did the interview, I noticed a sort of a moderation a bit. Because if you listen to his campaign, probably in June mm -hmm. and July, and the, the kind of things he was saying, I sense that he sort of, maybe that's just me, he slowed down in the level of negativity a week to the time. The victory for Kennedy Japan is this. Mm. That for somebody like Kennedy Japan and his history mm -hmm. to get to the point of national politics in this country, where 135 members of the, the super delegates of, of his party think that he can run for president is enough victory for him. Can you repeat but that? Can you repeat what you said? I, 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 no, I like what you said. I want, I want you to say it again. <laughs> you are saying that for somebody of Canada, it wants history. Yes. To get to a point in Ghana politics. Yes. Where 135 of, of, his, of the MPP's top brass think he is good enough to stand for president of their party, it's represent a them. It's a victory. It's a victory for him. Wow. But that's, that's the thing very, is, he true. wants more. You think so? Oh, of course he wants more. He, if, if you look at the resources he has expended in getting to this point and what he has done. And again, I'm not saying he is the... I am, I am very uncomfortable with his candidature. Mm -hmm. I do not think he's the kind of president we need. And I'll get to that point. We are but, not there. Yes, but we I are agree, not there. I get your point. But where we are now, he has shown that he has a say mm. in the party and the the perception around him has always been he's a man of the people mm -hmm. and that he wasn't an establishment person mm -hmm. well 135 of the establishment considered him good enough now you are going to his, his perceived playground mm. his perceived mm. playground mm. where he will he's expected to have an even bigger say mm. how big a say will impact baumia because mm. he needs a certain number. Mm. MP, MPP, what is, is it straight? Is it a straightforward first pass? First pass, first pass, 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 pass the post. Uh -huh. Over 50%. You must get 50%. 50%. It's not first pass the post. No. Uh, uh, that's uh, how come he came up in uh, 2007. Begon, and Nanado didn't. But they've not changed that rule. And that is, and oh, that is, and that is where he said, that is where his advantage lies. So that because you need more than 50, the more votes he gets, the more likely it is to go to a second round. Yes. So for him, but Nathan's argument is that he thinks that Kennedy and Baumia will take from Alan, based on. So he's saying that at the moment, is Kennedy? I don't think is even looking at Alan. You think he's targeting Kennedy Mr. Baumia is looking himself? at Baumia directly no, no, and saying, no, but, yeah, but Nathan's point about I, the number, the, the place he will get his votes from. So mm -hmm. if you have a demoralized Alan voter, mm -hmm. he will go to Kennedy. He won't go to Baumia yet. Yes, but at the moment, we don't know how heavy that Alan vote is. Considering uh, that he did not perform, much? yes. Mm. Okay. The thing is complicated. By the way, when you said that you think that he wants more, on Saturday, Sky's argument was that <laughs> he's made his point. Yes. And he's shown that he's strong enough, no. but he believes that beyond this, 
he probably needs to call for and this is why i disappear he yes. calls for a, like he should call the bamia guy say let's, let's have a conversation but my point yes. is that he will not do that because he has nothing to lose i so is the bamia people who have to call him i share i share sky's position on that matter to the point where my position on ken has always been that he was putting himself into just to a significant ad- advantageous position for butter in the party because i spoke to you hold on That's I, I about Trump, hold on no no hold on you remember i spoke to you the last the last time we had this analysis i spoke to you about hmm. the leadership gap mm-hmm. in the mpp yeah. whether we like it or not there's a significant leadership gap in the mpp mm-hmm. okay now there are people who are trying to fill that gap mm. kennedy is one of those people now again which is why i'm saying that if you look at where he has come from and where he is now yeah, but the departure for me and Sky, Sky's point is that, yes, he's done well. Yes. But, but he's no longer satisfied with just doing goes. well. That's what I said. So, yes. I, so on that point, I'm with you. So Sky's argument is that he's gotten to a point where he's made gains. So he can trade. So he, sh- he, da- he, he doesn't trade. need to do any further damage to himself or to anybody. And I'll say that, no, the guy is not... He is okay with himself. He is rather damaged. But he's at the point where yeah. the man could actually even, if he wants to bargain properly, and tell you that make me running mate. That's what I'm saying to Sky. That, but he is not. The difference with Sky is saying that he's at that he point. should go to the people who are leading and say, let's talk. And that way, whichever no, way, he's not going to do that. All right, you have to wrap he, up. He's the guy who's the who's gotten fifteen percent. So he's going to say, "Hey, I'm cool, man." Yeah. So he's cool and he's smiling. So you, you, the other guy has got to call him, man. And then finally, um, <laughs> number four, uh, a free, a free started campaigning way ahead of everybody. Um, again, this these were expected to. He, we, we expected him to no, do let's, well. Let's qualify that. He was the last person to resign. But the first to campaign. No, no. His, no, <laughs> his posters were out in 2021. Bernard, no, Bernard, no, I'm coming. Bernard, no, let, let I, us I, not miss this. Hold on. He, he, I he, have, we have audio he, of the then a Greek minister on the road doing a Greek minister job yeah. whilst telling people vote for me. Ah, okay. He was campaigning. Oh, not officially. He was campaigning. <laughs> he did not hide it. Not officially. There were, there were places where he was supposed not expected to visit as a Greek minister mm. in the week to his visit, they started putting up billboards to okay, announce. You, let's go to your so point. So Sky, mm-hmm. no, my, my point, my point is, he has also made his point. He's entered the race. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's entered the race. That is what he wanted to be there on the ballot for the final day. I I think he genuinely expected that he stood a chance. I I, I have never considered him a threat in that regard. You need to admit, but, you need to admit that you. You got it wrong on him because... No, but I didn't... You, of you, course. You didn't, you, I didn't give him a chance of entering the fight. Yes, but I did. Yes, you did. All, did for, all the yes, of you did. said, you didn't think the guy would Yes, you did. I said, the guy... Who? A free minister. And you see, for me... I mentioned... I said he would make it. No, you also gave Kamele Japan number four. And then you said... I said he... Dr. Dr. No, I didn't, I didn't mention it. Uh, you, you gave him five. Yes. See, me, what, what impressed me was the fact that his votes were spread across. Yeah. If you are a former Sky, agree, minister with the kind of resources he had for yeah. planting for food and jobs and the massive hold on hold on and the massive import of fertilizers oh, that we saw in this country oh, 
If you cannot, Everybody has, if you cannot, somebody was a training minister. Hold on, somebody was a Greek minister. Somebody was vice president. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's a big matter. It touches so many, many, many. Do you think the farmers? But are there any farmers in the delegates? Majority. Are the delegates fertilizer users? stop it, Bernard. If you like, you can distill down to the point I'm making that you know. If you come from that angle, yeah. you would say that look, he is the the, the numbers yeah, but, have gone. But, but why didn't you? If you knew this before, why didn't you predict no, him in the top oh, five? Okay, so oh, you're I, talking about those you expected. Yeah, that's so. The, my expectation was that I was looking at much more complex issues beyond okay, the man has had the position for himself for the past how many years? Six years or so. Yeah, since two thousand. Yeah, exactly. Seventeen. So he used that to build a certain infrastructure contact with the farmers many of whom are farmers uh, delegates many of whom are farmers oh, okay. if you go down to it <laughs> many of these people you know they are doing one thing or the other in the constituency and if you speak to people close to the, the system yeah. they will tell you that um like i said on on television the other day yeah. i think that well i didn't give him a dog's chance he's been able to make it into the top five congratulations to him mm-hmm. but he came a distant word fourth and while it is a good thing to celebrate that at least I've made a cut, mm-hmm. I do not think that those numbers are encouraging. And Bernard, you asked a question, which question is on the table? Mm-hmm. That is it the case that what played out on yes. Saturday? That's the question for the week. Is what would most likely repeat itself? So 70, 15, 10. Uh-huh. And everybody else, zero. Or 80. Or it will be closer. Yeah. I can say to you yeah. that in my respectful view, yeah. given everything that appears to be aligned in a certain direction, yeah. I think Baumia would emerge with a convincing victory on the no- so, uh, what, on, the, on, on the 4th of November. So today is 20, now, let me 20, give you. 20, 28 October. Mm-hmm. You are predicting that based on what you know so far, yeah. of course it could change. Mm-hmm. He will get more than 70. Yeah, he will most likely. He let, will, let me he will do one. better. Yes, let me give, give you Give me two ev- pieces of evidence to support your claim. Okay, so first of all, yes, I told you on television yes. that the makeup of the people who voted mm-hmm. over the weekend, mm-hmm. only a handful or so of them are elected officials. You know, the, the, the argument that had been re- repeatedly made... You mean they, you are, made, they are appointed officials? Yeah, only a handful are appointed. appointed. Yeah, that's right. Yes. You, made, you made that concession a short while yes. ago. Yes. The reason being that it had been repeatedly argued mm-hmm. that the people who are talking Baumia Baumia are saying so because they have been appointed by the system to influential positions. And if you disaggregate the numbers, it would seem that 700 and something out of the 900 who voted happen to be people holding one leadership position or the other by reason of their election to those offices. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you are talking about constituency chairman, mm-hmm. two hundred and seventy-five of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you, you have the regional, you have regional executives, executives who MPP add, members of parliament. That's regional executives are quite many. If you multiply sixteen mm-hmm. by, I think seven or eight or mm-hmm. nine, that's quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And they are almost all elected. Exactly, constituency chairman elected. Mm-hmm. So MPs elected. Yeah. So only the ministers and maybe the council of elders and the, maybe the founding members are yeah. non-elected. Yeah, that's right. And also majority of the ministers, right, became ministers by reason of their being members of parliament, right? So your point is that 
this group is a reflection of the party base, even though Broadly. it's just uh, the cream of the base. Yeah, <laughs> it was at like the top of the base. Yeah, broadly. All right. So the argument I made to you on Saturday was yes. that, in my view, it would be so shocking, yeah, an indictment that these these people, yeah, will go and make a decision. Which decision will be at a yawning departure yeah. from what the base of the party would have thought? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. these people, when they are going to make their decisions, a mm -hmm. good number of the times they listen to the ground. Oh, we hope so. Because I pointed to you that MPs don't do what the which people is fair. want. Oh no, which so, is fair. yeah, but the dynamics are different. I, you I, have a I, government I to run. Yeah. A government, you know, yeah. you know, agenda you want to get yeah. through. Yeah. But in terms of who you want to run the party, mm. you must go down to the people and listen. What are the people saying? Mm. Do the people believe that Baumia is the best bet for the party, or they believe that yeah. a new hand yeah. will help? And if there is anything we should take away from the elections, let's look at the results from Ashanti. That was serious, eh? Ninety. Let me let, just give me a minute. Alan had ten. Mm -hmm. uh, Baumia had ninety-seven, mm -hmm. which was a lot. Mm -hmm. Out of how many people? Ashanti region. One, he got ninety-seven. Out of one one. Ken got six. Alan got ten. Akoto yes, got one, five. One, eight. Mm -hmm. So it's very serious, and nobody else got anything. Exactly. Now, what was the argument that had been made? That look, if this election is to be decided. Mm a lot will come down to what happens in the Ashanti region. Ashanti shalakin. And the impression was created that because many of the heavyweights in the in the race are from Ashanti, are from Ashanti or have some leaning Ashanti. to Ashanti, Charlie? that will determine which direction. And something happened on your show, the point of view. Yeah. A certain impression, although it was not expressly stated, people got away with the, walked away with the impression that there will be an alliance against Dr. Baumia ultimately yeah. Yeah. has to deal with his rising influence within the party. Yeah. But Ashanti showed us that look, yeah, it is not as simple. Mm. So I am say, stating that if you look at what happened over the weekend and you take the, the profile of the people who voted and you go with my view that they are likely or they were they did what they did most likely as a result of listening to the ground mm. my view is that what happened on saturday would most likely repeat itself okay on november 20th uh, so november sky 4th. has spoken nathan thinks that both uh kennedy and baumia will do better these things alan will rather suffer sky says baumia will do much better in november than he did in august 26. Godfrey said a lot of things but he didn't answer the direct question which but is, we'll, we'll come back and is. see no, I'll, I'll come back to that <laughs> but you can embark on an unforgettable travel experience with CELC International Travel and Tour this summer in autumn explore Canada Dubai Singapore and Paris with family friends and loved ones experience the shopping spree in a dazzling Dubai uncover Singapore's cultural magic iconic attractions in Canada's Toronto and Ottawa cities and we give you visa assistance hotel accommodation with breakfast selected tour attractions and internal transport Dubai is going for 1,540, Singapore 1,350, and France 2,300. All of this USD, by the way. You may call 020-382-1113 or 059-272-5757. And catch the Ghana Guarding and Flash Show 
from August 30 to September the 3rd at the Fort Sutherland Children's Park, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. Don't miss out on their daily exhibitions, Green to Riches Youth Conference, Israeli Green Innovation Competition. We have master classes, Little Green Fingers, Family Fun Day, Music Night, Drama Night, etc. The Ghana Garden and Flower Show is an initiative of Stratcom Africa. Stratcom experience the difference with Stratcom. Now, KFC dropped the price so you don't have to drop your favorite meal. Enjoy the delicious Streetwise 2 for only 39 cities at your nearest KFC restaurant. Limited time and limited goodness. KFC, it's finger licking good. Heritage Christian College is an university set up to provide a missing link in tertiary education. They've got great uh, BBA programs. They have some specialized master's degrees, media short courses and professional courses on offer. Get in touch with them on 0202-298-399 or 547 731 or visit their website hcuc.edu.gh Heritage Christian College and University Training Compassionate Entrepreneurial Leaders now add business to your guest experience with DSTV for business for your restaurant, hotel, pub or office. DSTV for business gives you the chance to legally show all Premier League games live and in HD with the option of exciting commentary in three on your premises. Catch all the goals, moments, uh, clashes, derbies and everything in between. Get in touch with DSTV for business on 0302 or send them an email dstvbusinessghana at gh.multichoice.com or visit their website dstv.com slash business slash e and dash gh now for over 25 years standard water has been providing quality and refreshing water to quench your thirst and it's available in 11 regions and they are still expanding to cover the rest of the country so if you want bottled water sachet water water for your dispenser or customized water for your parties and other special occasions speak to standard water because it is quality water call them on 0202 055 or 0547-334385 and this ad is fda approved there's more when we come back, plus your comments. I've received some very revealing comments about, uh, okay, I won't say revealing, but interesting comments from people, some of who have worked with some of the candidates about, yeah. particularly the Alan performance. Yeah. And I'm going to read some when I come back. Stay with us. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. All right, here are some comments on the issues to do with the election. Um, very interesting. So, somebody said, Bernard, Ken in the past had contributed resources and campaigned for some of his colleague parliamentarians to win their seats. They just said thank you in the votes that we saw. Uh, Let's go through, yeah. Call the messages. Yes. Call the messages. Mate, <clears throat> says, mm. uh, the same people, the same people who voted in the superdelegates are still delegates in the general election. And he thinks it's a foregone conclusion for Dr. Balmia. This one says, The majority of the delegates were politically made by the establishment and their continuous stay in office as appointees and even as elected people is based on the support of the establishment. They couldn't have varied their votes. Also, the superdelegates constitute less than 0.4% of the real people who vote on November or in November. What happened last Saturday was part of uh, machinations to impose a successor by the powers that be. But it will lead to opposition. You are free from Joe Lucinda. Mm-hmm. This, this may not be the strongest indication yet. The base of the party that voted in the superdelegates conference are from the establishment, so they were whipped in line. 
uh, one, Baumia getting the votes is not surprising because of the above. Kennedy being an MP and well-resourced will have a good amount of votes from both Parliament and other places. Alan and Kennedy's strength will show in the delegates' conference proper, which will also reveal Baumia's true size from mm. El Tito in the UK. Okay. This one says, ba November 4 at 6pm, Baumia, 75.9%. Hey. Alan, 11.2%. Hey. 10.4%. Others, including sport ballots, 2%. <laughs> Ken's unnecessary rants during Saturday's polls will drop him from second to third. Wild allegations, incessant abuse of the party rank and file, fatigue in the general electorate, that's MPP delegate, Yaron Spintex. Yeah, yeah, interesting point. So it says Baumia will take from both Alan, yeah, Alan and, and, and Kennedy. Kennedy. Interesting one. Uh, this one says, would this be a reflection of what might happen in November? My answer is no. These voters are mostly government appointees who are setting allegiance to the No, that's not party. true. That's not true. We it's just, not true. We just okay. showed that uh -huh. if you bring the delegates number down, they are not government appointees. Yes. The government appointees are probably mostly, mostly possibly 100. 100. Yeah. So, John yeah. the Yango driver. Yeah, so yeah. check it out. Eh? Uh, Adolf or Adolf from New Bari says, even though Kennedy Point is favored, his hot temper, mm -hmm. in which he exhibited with the showdown outburst, is mm -hmm. likely to make him lose significant votes on November. Let me read a few more. Bernard, tell Richard Sky the following one. Baumia is a candidate of the establishment, too. Most of the MPs who voted for Baumia are the very ones on their way to struggling and possibly losing their seats. Market. Three, the mood and livelihood situation of the general delegates and those of the superdelegates are worlds apart. Four, the general delegates are smarter and pretty much aware of who among the candidates is doing the bigger inducement. I personally don't see Baumia getting a one-off victory. We have a contest on our hands. So I think that's the other point. So we may not have to argue too much, but I think the question of whether the... 2020, the November race will be much closer than the, this race. You think it will be easier for Baumia yeah. based on the signal it sends? Mm -hmm. You've made that point. I just want to. And now, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Nathan too has said he thinks Baumia will do better, mm -hmm. but he also thinks Kennedy will do better. He thinks Alan's team will suffer. Mm -hmm. I just didn't get a clear statement from Godfrey on his view. On the the, the yeah. question on the table is to what extent does August 26 predict November 4? Sky is saying November 4 will be much better for Baumia than August 26. Nathan says November 4 will be much worse for Alan. Mm -hmm. He thinks both Baumia and Kennedy will do better. Yeah. Right? I haven't gotten an answer from you on that point. I mean, you, 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 it's, you, a, it's you, a difficult question, to be honest with you. Yeah. Again, like based on the very different, as I explained, personas of the delegates that we are going to experience. But I I I do admit that Baumia stands at a significant advantage mm -hmm. going into um, November. I, I yeah. uh, it's yeah. something that you cannot yeah. overlook. Yeah, you know, I made a point which I have to sort of try and come back deal to. with. I was telling Sky on TV that the the sampling of the nine hundred, you see, to what extent is the nine hundred a prediction of the two hundred thousand? Now, because you've sampled them deliberately. And not randomly. Do you get my argument? If you had randomly selected 900 people from the 240,000 to represent the various levels of the party in the various constituencies, and you had come up with this number, then you say that 70% is a good prediction. So my argument was that the, 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 the sample is very carefully selected. All right? So it gives you a good sense of what those people are thinking, but it doesn't necessarily become a good predictor. But I think I, 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 I sort of um, accept your pushback to me when you said 
only a hundred or so are selected and the rest are elected and also if somebody has won an election as a constituency chairman he has he knows a thing or two about his party but he's yes. not he's not there's just doing his own bidding he has i mean the constituency chairman knows what his police executives think yeah do you get it so i sort of i have to qualify my differentiation between this structured sampling and random sampling point based on what you said mm. but i still think that depending on what happens in the economy between now and november and the rhetoric of kennedy japan and what alan tries to do mm-hmm. the the race may not be as straightforward yes but what is clear is that baumia is strong yes he has an advantage he is very strong in the party mm-hmm. and nobody should think that this is an allure 2.0 in the sense of what happened there, there was no precedent and that his his and again you and i know that from 2008 when he was elected he was chosen we've seen his media trajectory i did the i think i did the first interview with him proper interview in 2008 we did a zoom we called it a google hangout mm-hmm. from google office where we did an interview with him mm-hmm. compare that to the 2013 election petition baumia that's poles apart Bernard. and then compare that to the 2015 mm-hmm. uh campaign too mm-hmm. and then vice president so he's he's really Bernard. He's grown, uh, unlike the Aliu Mahama Kufour situation, mm. he's actually grown a beast. And I'm predicting that if he wins, he will actually probably even append the president in the next three years as the full leader. Le- yeah. Bernard, you see, yeah, he will. You see, what people don't realize is that Baumia has grown. I was there at the Alisa Hotel when he was announced. We are saying the same thing. People were so much angry the party people like them they were, uh, they were who angry is yeah, who is it and when we went to takradi when he was outdoor one of the people in the race today yeah. we interviewed him the person is in the race no, apologies no, 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 i'm just making a point <laughs> then baumia was giving the opportunity you see what actually created baumia which people don't realize was the 2012 election petition no that's what consummated him he was created by kufado's choice of him yeah but you <laughs> see in terms of who baumia is today of of course they give the man election about petition. nine months or so to show on prime television i'm telling you to show what he is capable of he and general mosquito his understanding of the electoral process yes what should happen what should not happen yeah having to think and act under pressure oh yeah in the courtroom of course that rebuilds the man into a monster oh, yeah, 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 yeah. and we saw the fuller version of him ahead of the 2016 election where the yes that's right we saw in 2008 yeah move from some novice Charlie? who didn't know his left from right you know, to no, someone who so like deliver- a boxer, from an amateur boxer to now a guy who can give you rope and rope exactly <laughs> so he was you know all these things wahala wahala of course. Anga, wahala. Yeah. the economy is not bearing him out as you know a yeah, genius in yeah, terms of yeah. how to manage an economy yeah. but in terms of how he's been able to grow himself yeah. and understand yeah. the politics of ghana yeah. you cannot and then the other point you need to make about the alan point a lot of people are saying if mm. we, if we, and i think larry Dewey has done a very interesting analysis today in the herald yeah the point about alan's um relationships mm-hmm. where like people say uh, so let, let me read this message it's a very controversial message. let me read it read it for me uh, bernard alan unlike akufuado and others does not cultivate and nurture relationships and this is some coming from somebody i know who worked with kufu yeah all right it is a serious defect which was drummed home to him in 
any meeting we were with him. Due to this defect, he was always putting new teams together anytime there's a campaign to run. His current team are largely new guys who were not with him in 2008 or 2012. In 2008, this person says he was part of the campaign team. Yeah. Alan's popularity came up as a result of Kufo, Dr. Anani, Kojom Pini, and Tommy Amatekbos, and the resources these people raised. John Kuma was Alan's first PA. Abu Jinapo was with Alan. Operian Sam was with Alan. I was in the same camp with these guys. But the inner challenge with him is that he doesn't naturally care about his strategists and mafia guys. He will not call and maintain contact unlike another campaign that I know. Mm-hmm. So he's talking like Nana. Mm-hmm. And then he says, Yaobabi and Afeku were not in his team in 2012 and 2008. So you see? So you see this argument of his... So that's part of the point. Yeah, but that's the, no, also the, the, I, the point I made about I think you. Well, has always been with him. Yeah, but the point, yeah. but, but the point yeah. is this: you see, finally for me, mm. the <clears throat> on some of the se- self-inflicted injuries that Alan has <laughs> put on himself in his campaign. This message, for instance, who is his campaign manager? Uh, Do you even know? Um, I know he didn't know. The fact that we're even struggling no. is a problem, isn't it? His 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 campaign manager. See? I don't know. I think that's meaning to I don't know. You want to be president. But we campaign manager Samioko. We know. He can enter everywhere. Mm. He smiles with everybody based on the relationships that you're talking about. Okay. But let's end with this comment. Which one? Bernard, when it comes to the resources, Baumia controls the cash. Alan cash <laughs> is cashless. <laughs> came from Kofi. Kofi in Tema. Said Baumia controls the cash, but Alan Cash is cashless. No, this one I can smell mischief. Take Mondays next. It's okay. This guy will continue tomorrow. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Welcome, welcome to the August edition of EdTech Monday. As usual, we are live on the City Breakfast Show. We are live on City 97.3 FM's Facebook page and we are also live on Mest Africa's Facebook page as well. My name is Nathan Kwa, I'm your moderator for the session. Now, EdTech Monday is a platform for EdTech entrepreneurs, education stakeholders, and government reps to facilitate critical conversations on the use of technology for teaching and learning. Now, the show is an initiative of the MasterCard Foundation's Regional Center for Innovative Teaching and Learning in ICT. And it's also part of the foundation's strategy to find solutions to Africa's youth employment by closing the gap in access to quality education and advancing the integration of tech in education policies and practices across Africa. Now, Etec Monday builds on the foundation's Young Africa Work Strategy in Ghana 
their vision of harnessing opportunities to shape the future of work and to create an inclusive economy with enhanced resilience for young people and the most vulnerable especially women by 2030 that's why Mest africa has partnered that's why the mastercard foundation sorry has partnered with Mest africa to bring you a tech monday which is on every last monday of every month like we are doing today and it's live on the city breakfast show and we are live on facebook as well now this month we are talking about bolstering growth for the african tech ecosystem opportunities and challenges now educational technology or edtech has become very relevant in minimizing the gap in quality and access to education in africa now many topical issues affecting the implementation of tech in education have been addressed through several conversations and one of them is a tech monday so we want to make progress and we want to figure out how to surmount the daunting challenges facing the african education sector so today we'll be speaking to a number of edtech stakeholders who will share insights on what has worked in ghana and largely in africa's edtech ecosystem we we'll also find out what more needs to be done to ensure that with africa's growing population the edtech ecosystem on the continent is striving towards an improvement in educational outcomes. And who are my guests for the morning? I've got Olufemi Adeumi, who's Director of Programs at Mest Africa. Now, he's got 30-plus years of experience in tech, including executive roles in global firms across telcos, finance startups. Femi holds dual MBAs, and his tech expertise merges with the zeal for using tech and entrepreneurship to fuel Africa's economic growth. Femi, Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to Etech Monday. Thank you very much. <laughs> we also have Nana Jemfi Ejabo, who right. is the Executive Director, uh, Center for Distance Learning and Open Schooling, Sendless. Now, uh, Nana Jemfi Ejabo is a doctoral student in leadership from the Swiss Business School with a background in computer science, business administration, law and publishing. He's an IT, ICT expert and executive director of Sendless and he's focused on improving edu- education through tech. Nana, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Our final guest is joining us via Zoom, Kate Radford, who is the Ghana country lead at Tech Hub. Now, Kate has 20 plus, year of, 20 plus years of expertise in education, tech, and global development. She excels in multi-stakeholder innovations for complex challenges, and she integrates tech into education programs highlighted by uh, We um, Can't Wait to Learn, uh, that's the aiding conflict affected children with math and reading. Now, recognized with uh, UNESCO's 2018 Al-Halifa Prize, she supports Ghana's Ministry of Education for effective tech policy and data driven decisions case if you can hear me good morning and welcome to edtech monday good morning and lovely to be here thank you thank you so so much for joining us let me welcome my guests once again let me start off with femi and um nana jenfi who are in studio with me now we do know what covid brought covid was a very testing time for everybody it forced you know students to adopt the home-based learning system and everybody had to try and do that um there's been an increased demand for edtech startups in sub-saharan africa so where does ghana stand in comparison with other countries in in the sub-region femi let me start off with you Okay, I was I was hoping Nana yes, Nana, okay, maybe Nana can give us that. No, no, because uh-huh. I know that some of the key innovations at Sendlos was actually burst Burn. during COVID. Okay, Nana, so let's hear from you. All right, thank you very much for giving me this platform and thank you uh, to my co-panelists and the host. 
uh, greetings to everyone, your listeners, and of course, I bring you greetings from the Honorable Minister of Educa for Education and the entirety Ministry of Education and uh, send law staff. Okay. Yes, COVID came to our shores, and uh, at that time, 2019, we had to be prepared to make sure there's no learning loss. So mm -hmm. what St. Louis did was very important. We had what we call the iBox and the iCampus. The iBox is simply an offline learning management system, and okay. the iCampus is the software version of the iBox. So that one is an online. So at that time, the country needed to make sure students don't lose anything. There shouldn't be any gaps. Mm -hmm. So we fell on the iBox to make sure that we achieved learning, even though during the COVID. So that is what we did. And we had content at St. Louis. Most of the content are for pre-tertiary from JHS and mm -hmm. uh, from SHS 1, 2, and 3. So we could leverage on that. And quickly, we gave some of our content to Ghana Learning TV. So they were playing on the TV stations and other stuff so students can leverage mm -hmm. on it to study. So the iCampus was the online version. So if you have anything connectivity, you can still log into the iCampus when St. Laws give you the password and other stuff. So that is what St. Laws did during the COVID and yeah. actually it's really helped out. And Ghana did not record a lot of landing laws. So it made it very easier for mm. students to still gravitate on educational content and teachers to also teach. So we were able to keep the gap. Yes, we, the, the impact was very great. It affected Ghana and mm. other places. But still, because of these two interventions, we were able to augment on that. Mm, Thank you. Wonderful. Femi, same question to you. If you compare Ghana to other countries in the sub-region, where does Ghana stand? Yeah. So, um, COVID actually helped wake everybody up. Mm. <laughs> um, because for one year, many of us, our, our students were at home. Schools yeah. were shut down. But also, it's... It, open the eyes of people to the alternatives to learning. Okay. You know, and people started doing uh, courses through like Zoom calls, uh, using WhatsApp to share um, education content. Yeah. I'm actually aware, um, one of my um, uh, nephews, their school was sending content to them via WhatsApp. Okay. During COVID, you know, for them to learn. And we had to pay some little money for that additional support. Okay. So, um uh, Ghana, Ghana is not is not doing too badly. In Sub-Saharan Africa, I think the leaders are Kenya and Nigeria. Okay, but Ghana is picking up really, really, really fast. Mm. Um, I can count that I know personally twenty edtech startups in Ghana, um, and I'm sure um, uh, the, the number, the real number, will be like fifty to hundred. Okay. Recently, um, the President's Award. I don't know if you're aware of the Presidential yeah. Award uh, for for startups. Three of the top six companies were EdTech companies. Mm. So I think Ghana is really, really coming up. Okay. Um, Ghana has a department, St. Laws, responsible for coordinating EdTech okay. across the country. I don't think many countries have this. I see. It's, a, it's, a, it's, I see. So, yeah. it's, it's wonderful. You, you just gave a, a bit of a, um, a snapshot on the EdTech ecosystem. Maybe you can elaborate a bit more just, you know, from where you said what you've noticed. Just can you give us a better picture of, of how it looks like or the current temperature of the EdTech space in Ghana? Okay. Um, what we've seen in, in EdTech, because we, 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 we support startups. Okay. We've seen in our programs a lot of startups coming up in different programs that are doing different EdTech solutions. Okay. Um, we have like... Uh, uh, Dext, that's manufacturing small 
devices science set for children to yeah. use um, up to I think in basic basic school. We have um, uh, e-campus also that sort of mirrors uh, iCampus mm -hmm. that um, from the so I comes from the government part that Sendos has, mm -hmm. but e-campus is like the private um, initiative. Um, we have ScribbleWorks, one of the winners at the at the presidential award as well, yeah. that helps um, a simple uh, tool using like Google Google Sheets to for students to take exams online. Okay, and teachers set the exams online. Students take the exams online in a matter of minutes. The exams are marked. They have their results. Mm. So and then it's, and then the teachers have the analytics to behind that to see how each student performed. Not you know like you scored ninety out of hundred, but actually which topics are you strong at? Which topics are you now not strong at? So there's a lot. The, the temperature is rising in Ghana. <laughs> this is my is, is rising in Ghana. Mm. And um, just last week, Saint Louis had a, an event, a conference. Um, a conference where they had over 500 delegates. My my my, uh, my colleague was there. He said there was even nowhere to sit. <laughs> so the place was jam-packed. So awesome. the temperature is is really really rising. Mm, wonderful. Yeah. Let me let me let me get to the Zoom um, and speak to Kate Kate Radford. She's our third guest. She's joining us via Zoom. Kate, if you can hear me, what are some of the learnings we have, and what are some of the learnings we are applying from other African countries in building our own edtech ecosystem here in Ghana? Yeah, I think there's a couple of really important um, considerations that the Ministry of Education is taking um, along. And one is the, very much the importance of building trust along the value chain of, of, the, of the system, making sure that teachers accept um, new technology when it comes in. Um, making sure that what is built is fit for purpose. And what we've seen the ministry do is really emphasise building up the capacity of local Ghanaian, um, both employees of the ministry, but also the edtech system, edtech private sector as well, to actually be able to um, support that endeavour because that also builds sustainability. It allows you to adapt over over time and I think that's really important. Another thing that we're seeing from the ministry which I think is very admirable is looking at open source materials, making sure that um, there's no vendor lock-in, that there again there's the ability to adapt, that you're building on what others have done potentially in other countries but also in Ghana. For example, there's a lot of learning and teaching content that's being developed in Africa now and that can be adapted by Ghanaians for the Ghanaian system and that can, that can add all sorts of cost efficiencies as well. We're also seeing a really nice emphasis and we heard it from the minister actually last week at the Senlos conference on making sure that um, STEM is is highlighted throughout the education system and that over time we'll be able to um, further educate um, Ghanaian citizens um, and students to be able to play a role in technology, not just for education, but also for for other fintech, etc. So I, I think there's there's really really great signs there in Ghana. Mm, wonderful. Let me let, let me stay with you and find out from from your own experience and from what you've witnessed so far. What have been some of the largest gaps in Africa's edtech industry, and and how can Ghanaian edtech innovators fill these gaps? Yeah, I think um, one of the things with technology, of course, it's new and it's a journey. And um, 
I think what has what we have been seeing, and it's come through in the UNESCO Global Education Monitoring Report just recently again, is that there's not enough evidence about what works. So, and by what works, it means what actually creates a change in learning outcomes mm. and what do you need to do because technology is one component, but what do you need to do in schools? What do you need to do in ministries to ensure that um, the sort of the promise of education technology can be met? So I think it's been a challenge to have the funds um, and the time to invest in research um, about what works and, and to adapt as you go, coming back to that theme. Obviously, connectivity remains an issue. Mm. Um, and again, we heard last week um, at the CENOS conference that the ministry is is trying um, its best to, to look at that with um, local providers. But again, you need to um, use technologies that are fit for purpose um, and can be paid for and can be accessed um, by students, by teachers, by by parents. So I think the connectivity is an, an, an issue. I think also procurement can be an issue. It is difficult to procure education technology programs. Um, by difficult, I mean it's a complex product. So I think that's also a challenge. But I think they're all challenges that in Ghana are very well known um, and that... Um, yeah, it's being looked at and gradually over time, I'm sure it will be working in the right way. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much, Kate. I'll, I'll get back to you in a bit. Nana, your, your, your thoughts on this as well. Um, the gaps that you've, you've seen or in, in Africa's tech industry and, and what Ghanaian innovators can do to fill those gaps. Well, that's good. And uh, before I touch on that, you know, uh, when it comes to scent loss, uh, mm -hmm. what we have done, just like uh, he mentioned about the conference, yeah. you know, that is the starting point. Now you could see that the euphora, I mean, the, the, the height of EdTech has gone up because they could see an agency at the Ministry of Education actually providing the leadership. You need EdTech leadership creative leadership to lead the front mm -hmm. at first you could see there was some sort of fragmentation sparse a lot of agencies and a lot of private sectors were moving in silos now you could see that we are bringing all of them together mm -hmm. so that is bringing the edtech uh, industry or ecosystem to that height we are witnessing okay. now when it comes to some of the challenges and the issues that you talk about mm -hmm. and the gaps that we can feel when it comes to edtech there are five key uh, pillars okay. that you need to make sure that it comes to shape before you can say that, okay, you can take your ed tech uh, ambition to the next level. First is policy. Okay. There has to be a policy in the industry to govern that space, to make sure there's policy for teachers, policy for even the policy framers and policy for students and uh, administrators. Ghana has been able to reach a level that we have a policy that we are about to implement. In 2002, we had the ICT policy. It went under a lot of reforms. In 2015, we did a reform. Now we are working on, on a newness policy that okay. will capture artificial intelligence, mm. that will capture robotics and other stuff. So that is an area most of the African countries could also learn from Ghana. Mm. If they don't have, if they do, there still can be collaborations to learn what Ghana has done in that policy ambit. The other part is infrastructure. Okay. When we speak about infrastructure, 
infrastructure we are talking about connectivity data centers and the digital divide that is devices to use mm -hmm. if you are talking about ict in education when you send the content should students should be able to leverage on it to study and they need tablets ghana is now about to introduce one student one tablet which is very fantastic so i believe that is an area that we could also learn from each other in the african uh, countries and other stuff what nigeria has done what kenya has done what ghana is doing we all have to come together so innovators in ghana could also push to take advantage in that area so when it comes to connectivity as of now we are 70 percent connected in ghana okay. the 30 percent deficit we still have to find means to collaborate to fix it and that is an area that i believe innovators can also come in mm. not only from ghana other places other for places us to collaborate to fix it third part is content the blood of online education is content, content. it has to be an edtech content it has to be digital content content that could be used by students and teachers to teach teachers has to build what we call the techno pedagogy teaching in class and teaching online is the two, different, two different things. things so you need to bring them up to be able to gravitate on the content send laws we have studios and we have masters to teach how to produce those content so these innovators that we have trained the expert they should be able to go to the african continent to teach other people recently malari contacted us that they want to learn from ghana how we are doing our content leave people innovators can take that gaps and also fix it the other part is capacity building that is training for teachers training mm -hmm. for students and all edtech innovators we need to make sure we give that training to the teachers to be able to teach online to be able to do other things like i spoke about and uh, even the students and we don't leave the parents out so these are the stuff we are doing and the last part is assessment digital assessment tools is very very crucial so innovators in ghana have brought a lot of them at send laws that we we are teaching them so now they know what kind of digital tools to bring out to assess when it comes to online education because people believe in their mindset mm -hmm. that the fidelity of assessment done online is not weightier compared yeah. to traditional classroom if you receive your certificate from uh, online they don't the really people, yes, people people are, people they have sort of you know so assessment tools we need to make sure we have tight assessment that speaks to our benchmarks our robust benchmarks when it comes to our curriculum so that is what we are doing at saint law so we have experts that personally we train them all the time for these five key areas so they can also go to other african countries and train them to see how they can fill the gap so we can achieve one vision for africa especially since mm -hmm. we have agenda 2063 thank okay. you all right great great thoughts nana uh, and kate let's um get a, a snippet a few days or a few weeks ago there was a stakeholder forum on the same topic opportunities mm. and challenges you know in terms of bolstering growth for the african edtech ecosystem bernard Avler was the moderator and so we'll give you a few minutes get the highlights and we'll give you some critical takeaways from that particular um discussion Maybe I'll start by asking anybody to give me a good example of a collaboration which is working, right? Not necessarily causing transformation, a collaboration which is a good case study for a discussion. Because if we don't know what collaboration is, there's no point in even proceeding further. 
right? So who has a good example of a collaboration that's working, which can then help all of us know what we're talking about when we talk about collaboration? Who wants, who wants to go first? Well, everyone is looking at me. And ah. <laughs> who else in this room can better talk about collaboration than GES? Because mm -hmm. GES has been collaborating with a number of institutions, including MasterCard Foundation, mm -hmm. um, Big Win, um, UNESCO, um, and I'm sure you're missed. Quite a number of um, um, NGOs and development partners and we've been doing a lot of things. And one example I'll give you is what we call the MSRC. MSRC. MSRC is Mobile School Report Card, okay. which, which in itself is supposed to take data from the school level, student level, district level data. Mm -hmm. And we can talk more about the data later. Um, if you want me to, I can take a little time of yours. Um, because in real time, I sit in my office and I should be able to tell which teacher is in class, um, how many students attended school today, um, how many students were absent. I should be able to drill down to a school and get that data. I should also be able to have that data within a district. I should have that data even at regional level. Um, this was a project that we started with UNICEF and then later um, the World Bank through Gallup also magnified it. So we're doing about 11,000 schools across the wow. country now. Wow. Um, we are hoping that we'll be able to cover the entire country. That, that is what we are actually working at, to scale it up to cover the entire 34,000 basic schools that we have. So that's one example. That is one Let me example. ask uh, Larissa if she has another example of a collaboration that's working. Okay. So in my perspective, I think... Um, it's really important to have a shared vision mm -hmm. and unified objectives mm -hmm. as far as collaboration is concerned. Mm -hmm. And for us as stakeholders, um, it's also very important to align to anticipated outcomes, mm -hmm. and especially where EdTech is concerned, how EdTech can lead to those outcomes. And so, um, I mean, I have so many examples of collaborations that have worked and are working, but I think I'll use the Leaders in Teaching Program Initiative that Leaders in Teaching Program Initiative that we are working on mm -hmm. um, in Ghana. We started this initiative in Rwanda, and now we've uh, launched it in, in Ghana with in, in partnership with CTEL and with the support of the GES and uh, the Ministry of Education. And it's working really, really well because um, we are coordinating and talking amongst ourselves, and I think that is really important. But what we need to do more of is to get the insights and perspectives from those stakeholders who are outside of the education sector. Um, because I, I feel like they bring a unique perspective mm -hmm. to um, these interventions. So the likes of the Ministry of uh, Gender mm -hmm. and, and others that we, we usually leave out of the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think so far we are doing a good job, but it will be good to um, have those conversations with the other stakeholders outside of the education sector. Mm -hmm. So shared vision, unified objectives, and then you align the what anticipated outcomes. That's very interesting. Two examples. Any more to share on the panel? This is just, yeah, uh, Tillman. I, yeah. I would just like to add, because I've been reflecting on this, and even I think there was a notion 
in the notes given to us ahead of the um, panel on, 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 on a culture mm -hmm. of collaboration. And so I've been reflecting on this in particular, assuming that do you have an example on a culture of collaboration? And all I could think of immediately was a bunch of buzzwords, right? Where we keep saying, oh, we need, um, we need trust, right? We need a shared vision. We need a shared goal. We need shared objectives. Mm -hmm. um, we would have in, be seen at an eye level to be as partners um, that we all have a contribution to make um, towards whatever shared vision we have. But you can see, even now, my statement, I remain pretty much at the surface level in just giving one buzzword after another. So I think it is then in the day-to-day, -day, because mm -hmm. as Larissa just said, in various forms in the Director General, very, various forms of collaboration, to us, I think at UNICEF is the, I cannot necessarily think about a particular uh, collaboration because all what we do is collaboration, is collaboration <laughs> and is partnerships. That's our daily yeah. bread and butter, yeah. right? We, by, by nature, to achieve our shared objectives, um, now in the education space, it is that UNICEF works and services governments. Mm -hmm. And we include a variety of stakeholders, whether they're direct or indirect stakeholders, but this is, this is, this is, it's so much in what we do on a daily basis mm -hmm. that um, I'm having trouble to find a the perfect interest. example. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, their, their notions of, um, and, and allow me to say also collaboration is, is hard work. It's mm -hmm. hard work. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it needs also deep reflection on the way we do things. Mm -hmm. um, the way we communicate, the way we act, um, the way we even invite people and whom to invite, when and how to certain events, mm -hmm. right? So I think if we have internalized this um, and, and, and bring this into our daily practices, um, we're on a, on a very positive so, so you are pathway. So you are set up to collaborate because you don't work on your own. UNICEF always has to work with different partners, so it's in your DNA. The very sheer existence of the United Nations is actually that countries have come together to decide we form that body. So it is in that our DNA. That's wonderful. Miracle, any examples to share from your side? I'll take it from the teacher's perspective, yeah. okay? That's how does teaching happen and how do people learn? Mm -hmm. That in itself brings about the issue of co-labor. Mm -hmm. uh, between learners and then uh, the educators. Now, at the educator level, you, you can't conceive it all. You need the best resource for a teacher is a colleague teacher. Now, for you to make impact in your learn uh, in your teaching, and then for the student to achieve more, you need to collaborate. You need to you know share with your colleague teacher what is working in your classroom that I can adapt to uh, uh, you know improve the learning outcomes for the children I'm handling. Now, the very essence of that led us to look at uh, how can we bring teachers together to have these conversations on a daily basis, looking at how teaching is happening, how the children are responding to this learning activity. So that was how we started. And it got to a point where we felt that while teachers are having these conversations ordinarily among themselves, what if their employer you know, endorses this kind of conversation among teachers where they are discussing issues that affect uh, teaching, issues that affect learning in their schools? So to the point, we approached GES, and then GES gave us the uh, endorsement, and then wrote to all the regional education office, uh, to the district education office, 
as we speak right now, GSET is having uh, an activity in Cape Coast with teachers. Now, that only happened because we have the collaboration with GES, and then GES allows us to bring the teachers together to have this meaningful day of conversation that are looking at the impact they're making in the schools and in the classrooms. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, since you've all shared examples, I have an example to share. EdTech Monday is a great collaboration. Uh, we were sat somewhere, and then we got a call from, I'm not sure whether it was MasterCard or MEST, but somebody called and said, there's this thing they want to do, and they think we are the right radio station to do it. So we came in late, right? Because I think MasterCard had spoken to MEST already. I, I stand to be corrected. And they had a fuzzy idea about, they wanted a media partner. But I'm not sure they were very clear what type of show they wanted to create. But at least they needed, they needed to do a radio program. And I think, I don't know, over a year it's been working. Because almost every week or every month we have meetings. And the program has been improving on its own. As in, we've been changing things. So I think that EdTech Monday is a great example of collaboration. Now, you've mentioned the MSRC. And you've mentioned the leaders in teaching. My next question will be, what areas of collaboration do we think we need? Because we, we all understand what collaboration is now. And we know who the stakeholders are, right? Government is a stakeholder, which is you. Development partner stakeholder, which is you. I don't know. Are you a development partner? Or you are, what are you? Or you are, because you are a stakeholder. Miracle. You are government. You are development partner. You are development partner? Wonderful. So, what areas of collaboration do we think we need? By areas, I'm talking of emphasis. Is it teaching, technology adaptation, data? There's so many things. Media, advocacy in parliament. What, what, what areas do we think we need to really drive collaboration to achieve? Because in this room, we have energy. We know what we want to achieve. We need a policy framework. We need a voice in parliament. We need a champion in government. So, from GES perspective, give me one or two areas that you seriously think that there's opportunity or a gap for collaboration to bring transformation. Thank you, Bernard. Um, from GES perspective, I think our vision is already cut out and spelled out in the Education Strategic Plan 2018 to 2030, where we seek to whip up the desire and competencies in the children, the early child, and how to use ICT in learning. Mm -hmm. Again, we also want to equip all our pre-tertiary students, right from the primary school, GHS, up to SHS, with skills um, in, in, in digital literacy. Mm -hmm. We are also expected to use ICT for education management and administration. And then um, you would also take the last one, which is ensuring that we develop teachers mm. in um, digital literacy and then helping also teachers to use technology or ed tech in their teaching and learning. The whole idea is to ensure teaching and learning to go on because our job is to give quality teaching and learning to our Ghanaian children. So for us to be able to do that, it's important that we spell out this vision and that is what has been our guiding principle. How do we do that? Most of these things that I've mentioned mm -hmm. are things that we would need to partner with 
MDAs, right? Ministries, departments, and agencies. Um, other stakeholders, like even the teachers in there, you said they are great stakeholders. We need to consult them. We need to co-create most of the things that we're going to do with them. The NGOs, the techpreneurs, the development partners. Mm -hmm. We need to, yesterday a question was asked here. Someone was saying that he needs to have access to GES. They go to the district or an entire school and they are not allowed. We, we have a focus. Mm -hmm. We have a vision. And for, for you to collaborate with us, we need to understand how, what you want to do to help the Ghana's education system is in line with the vision spelled out in education strategic plan. Just hold on. You've mentioned four things. So I just want to be clear, I understand the four things you mentioned. You said, number one, early childhood, getting children to want to use ICT. Yes. Then you also said pre-tertiary students engaging with technology. We are equipping them, equipping them with the tools and the their skills. skills. Then you said, number three, is using ICT in your education management, education management. and administration. Which was the example you gave. So yes. the, the MSRC. Thank you. Then the fourth no. one is getting teacher, the teacher teachers development. themselves. Exactly. So those are the, your top four. Those are the areas that we look at. So whatever you are doing. Must fit into one of those thank four. Thank you very much. Right. Is that how you also see the sector? Do you see the sector in those four big, big blocks? Yes. Um, but I, I wanted to emphasize on two, two points. Since you asked for two. Yeah. Um, so aside from... Uh, collaborating cross-sectorally. Okay. I think it's really important to involve the stakeholders that we often forget about, who are actually the most important stakeholders yeah. in all of this. And they are the ones directly impacted by whatever transformations we make in the education space. So I'm talking about the teachers, students, parents, local communities. It's very important that we get their insights and perspectives while we are collaborating. Mm -hmm. The second point I'd like to emphasize is um, our commitment to evidence-based decision-making. Mm. At the MasterCard Foundation, um, all our interventions are designed based on data and research. And so it's really, really important that mm. we think through um, how we use data um, appropriately to design our interventions or in our collaborations. Um, so for now, I will leave it at that, but I'm happy to share more about data because data can be very challenging. It's, it's a complex issue that I'd like to touch on um, and then probably get their perspective on as yeah. well. Welcome back. So that was a those are some highlights and some critical takeaways from the stakeholder forum put together by the MasterCard Foundation and MEST and major stakeholders in the edtech space. Of course, the conversation was uh, moderated by Bernard Avlin. It was on the same topic we are discussing this morning, bolstering growth for the African edtech system or edtech ecosystem opportunities and challenges. My guests are still here with me. They haven't gone anywhere. They're still in the studio. Olufemi Adeumi, who's Director of Programs at MEST Africa. Nana Jinfi Ijabo, Executive Director of Sendlos and Kid Radford, who's the Ghana Country Lead at Tech Hub. She's joining us via Zoom. Um, my guests, thank you for staying with me. Um, 
my next question is for Nana, Jenfi, and Kate. So I, I think let me speak to Nana first and then we'll get mm. to the Zoom. So let's talk about the other challenges that that, that are facing the EdTech ecosystem in Ghana. Maybe you can share some light on that. And what how, how do we position ourselves as a country to take advantage of the opportunities in, in this space or in this e ecosystem? All right. Uh, thank you for that question. I think, uh, firstly, I will look at the challenges that is facing ed tech in, mm -hmm. in, in Ghana and it could be Africa as a whole. Mm -hmm. uh, one is uh, uh, we need that policy I spoke about. Okay. But okay. our policy comes under uh, ed tech leadership. Uh, we are very fortunate to have uh, the minister, honorable minister for education, who knows the importance of ed tech. So we are in Ghana, we are gravitating towards something very positive because of his leadership. And of course, the setup of sandlots. Uh, if you look at other uh, uh, countries, uh, you don't have any setup as an, an agency as sandlots there. You know, what we do is uh, we serve as the catalyst for ed tech. So we drive the space. Mm -hmm. So that is really helping Ghana to some sort of uh, degree. And uh, with the policy bit, when I, I, I said it, leadership is needed there. So you could see that we are working on our policy to certain level. It's mm -hmm. about to be implemented. Okay. Of course, it has to go through parliament and cabinet, then we'll implement that. The other part that has been a challenge is the uh, connectivity. Okay. That has been an issue, not only in Ghana, but the continental as a whole, African continent, because when it comes to connectivity, there's still gaps. It's only maybe South Africa that I know they launch a project, SA Connect, that they are close to 99 or some percent close to achieving that. But other countries, you could see, Ghana, we are 70%. I believe that we can come together. There is still some areas, opportunities there for stakeholders, the the private sector, the public sector, the industry, the academia, the telcos to come together and, 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 and jump on those opportunities because they can do what we call the infrastructural sharing whereby people can share. Telcos like uh, at, uh, MTN and Airtel uh, Tigo and other people, they can come together and do infrastructural sharing. And of course, the public sector should also be able to work with the private sector. So the infrastructure or the connectivity part has been an issue for EdTech. And of course, content. St. Louis, we produce content, but you could see there's still gaps in the content. Right now, we have some content, but we don't have all. So I believe there's still a, an opportunity. It's been a challenge, but it's an opportunity for stakeholders to come together to support St. Louis to produce content for EdTech. So that is uh, one key area we should also look at. And also, if you look at the curriculum, that is also a challenge anywhere. When we talk about curriculum, your curriculum should be able to support your ed tech initiatives. Okay. If the curriculum does not support it, you have an issue. There is a case that we have iBoxes and iCampus and other stuff. Mm. If the curriculum don't support the usage of ed tech in our campuses, then you import, you install iBoxes and it will be lying down uh, without being used. So the curriculum should be able to support that. So Ghana, as we speak, 
St. Louis is working with NACA to see how we can improve on our curriculum. At first, it used to be objective-based. Now we are moving to standard-based curriculum, whereby we will make sure that we will allow students to use ICT in schools. We will use EdTech solutions in schools. So okay. curriculum is also an area that we have to look to see how we can make sure it reflect on EdTech solutions. And the last part, again, is capacity building. Teachers, every stakeholders in the industry has to receive training. But for now, let me leverage on three. The teachers is the first, and the students, then parents. We don't have to leave the parents out. Some countries or some uh, places in, on, on, this, uh, on the African continent, they introduce EdTech solution, leaving the parents out. They could see that the results were kind of being dwindled. Okay. So after research, you know, they could see that they needed the parents to be part of the ecosystem ghana we believe in that so we know that once we give the training to teachers we should give the same training to uh students and of course mm. parents parents should be part of the whole ecosystem they should be able to log on into the system to see what is going on so if you come to send loss all our learning management portals since i assume as the ceo mm -hmm. i've created that connect uh, that uh, communication path between teacher student teacher parents to be able to link up so parents understand what is going on they know what is going on they can communicate yes when they log on to their portal they wouldn't see what a teacher see the student wouldn't see what a teacher see but mm -hmm. everyone have their portal so they could be able to see what is going so they're not being left out okay so these are the areas that i want us to look and it's a, a provide an opportunity for every ed tech innovator in africa especially in ghana mm. to jump on it to create more uh, newness in the industry so we all can can achieve the the goal we are looking for in mm -hmm. edtech especially when sdg4 agenda talks about equity quality and access in education we want to improve on that so every child irrespective of location should have access to quality okay. education irrespective of your disability so st louis is working with persons with disability and any area or facet of our educational system we don't leave the tvet and the complementary education out thank okay. you all right um let, let me get to the zoom let me get Kate's thoughts on this same, um, you know, question, other challenges facing the edtech ecosystem and how does Ghana position itself to take advantage of the opportunities that lie in that ecosystem? Okay. I mean, I, I think um, the director of, of Senlos has, has covered a lot. He's covered policy, connectivity, content, curriculum, capacity building. I think he also touched on what I think is a very important point, which is this deadline of 2030, okay. um, the need for equity, equality and access. And I think what that does for Ghana and a lot of African and countries and, and, and also countries in, in Latin America, Asia and, and in, in Europe, it adds this urgency at the same time as having an accountability. Um, and I think the biggest challenge for um, ecosystems in, in Ghana is to say, how do we reach this very tight deadline, but in a way, as, as Nana has been talking about, that we actually get the adoption of this new technology? 
so as as Nana said, that we actually make sure that there are not eye boxes and etc. sitting there not being used to make sure that parents are part of the education system. One of the most important things about um, for basic literacy and and numeracy, if you want to have really good results, is the engagement of parents. So, I think this whole emphasis on the urgency of of getting change and improving learning outcomes plus very heavy heavy emphasis on wanting to invest accountably, wanting to be able to um, share your results um, with your own citizens, but also um, with those who have supported the process. And one of the things that I can see that the ministry is doing is building on what the Director General of um, the Ghana Education um, Secretariat was, was talking about, um, in the excerpts that we listen to is bringing all of this data together within the ministry in the accountability dashboard, it's it's called. Um, and that's where all the agencies across the ministry are working together so that we can actually show parents, you know, what are the results of your children, actually help them to get engaged, show teachers. So I think it's really this... Um, yeah, and I mean, people like Nana have really taken on on this burden. I'll call it a burden, but it's also a <laughs> an opportunity and a responsibility of reaching of of actually responding to this, so that we can we can reach the goals of twenty thirty. All right, Kate. Thank you so so much, um, Femi. Let me let me let me get to you. You get I think the last question because we need to play a vox because of time. What does the what does the future look like? You know for Africa, for Ghana, so when we talk of edtech and, and, you know, related matters? I think the future is bright. Um, but uh, we need to also, you know, everything we've discussed now is focused more on what the government is doing. Mm, mm. But um, we need to focus, also move away from that mindset of being recipients okay. of, of uh, solutions to this problem and, and then also now become part of the solution. For example, I would like to challenge parents. There, there are already a whole lot of edtech solutions out there. Okay. Um, on YouTube, there are content. I've seen Ghanaian content on YouTube teaching mathematics. Mm. Um, uh, there, there are many uh, Ghanaian edtech startups and apps on, on the uh, Google uh, Play Store or iPhone um, Apple the, Play the Store. App, yeah, yeah. So they're all there. Parents should also now take the initiative. They already have smartphones. Even if you don't want to give your child a smartphone for themselves, they can use your own smartphone. So download these apps. Download um, iCampus. Download eCampus. Download the ScribbleWorks app. Download, you know, all the, all the apps um, that, that carry the Ghanaian content and even that ca- carry more global content that also is supported in Ghana because maths is maths really every, <laughs> anywhere in the world, Right. Download those apps. Use uh, go to Google. Use um, uh, like Khan Academy. It's all there. Resources to help your children because we parents have that first responsibility for our children. Okay. Also, um, for for students, don't wait for the government. The data, the information is out there. Many of you can already afford video. Uh, can afford data. You watch YouTube, watch you know uh, <laughs> Facebook and things like that. Um, I, I know some um, some telcos are given access to some sites on. Uh, uh, um, data, free data access to some yeah. sites like Facebook, and on Facebook there there are content being delivered. So um, uh, uh, students also should just go online and search for the content and use the solutions that are out there. Don't mm. wait 
and say until the government does something for me. <laughs> because we really are the drivers of, of, of the change. Mm. Then for um, teachers, a lot of teachers now, I, 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 this morning I was just researching, I saw, uh, I think it's a Jua, um, I've forgotten the name, uh, some Ghanaian uh, person creating educational content on YouTube, math, okay. teaching maths on YouTube. So teachers also should go and, and, and begin to create content. On, on YouTube, invite you know students to come and watch the content is a way of also promoting your own career yeah. as a teacher, but also now solving the problem. So, the in, the the building blocks are already there. Okay, you know all these stakeholders are rallying together now, you know converging to make things happen. So, the future, in my opinion, is bright. Wonderful. But but we shouldn't just wait for the government. In fact, I like to speak to the edtech community as well. The ETA community, um, I, I, like I said, there are at least like 50 startups in Ghana that have one ETA solution or the other. But the big challenge that they also have is funding. Mm. Um, ETA requires money. money yeah. You know, I was asking um, uh, Nana Jeffy this morning about uh, some initiatives that they were working on with UNICEF. And so how many schools? He said like three. I said, but what's the problem? He said, well, funding is a problem. <laughs> so... EdTech requires funding. So I'm also calling on investors, local and international, to also begin to stop support the local EdTech initiatives, okay. um, either through accelerator programs, through incubator programs, uh, through um, in, uh, investments, to begin to get access to the market. Okay. Um, the EdTech community should also come together. There's no EdTech association in Ghana that brings all the EdTech companies uh, together. So you should create a forum where you can okay. begin to also now pursue your common interests. Mm. Uh, we are here to support with, with Sendlos, with MEST, um, with MasterCard Foundation. Uh -huh. We're here to support you. So let's create this forum. Let's begin to make ETEC um, uh, the front, bring it to the front burner you know, um, in, in the conversations in Ghana. Mm, thank you. Wonderful. Um, before we wrap it up, let's uh, let's play our, our Vox Pop. Let's just get the thoughts and comments of other stakeholders on this topic that we are discussing, bolstering uh, my growth for the African EdTech ecosystem opportunities and challenges. Tech tools or applets are discovered to learn uh, ChatGPT, Google Classroom, and Ask AI. So Google Classroom is an online learning platform that allows teachers to create and assign assignments, quizzes, and other materials to students and also help students to submit their assignments and track their progress. How I discovered these um, apps were when I was in school, during my tertiary level, I heard my friends talking about it, lecturers were also talking about it, like how they help, uh, the apps are helpful for learning and other things. So it's also encouraged me to also sign up for it and then download the apps. It's helpful because um, it's collaborative, like it helps students to collaborate and then to share ideas. If someone doesn't understand something, it can just, since it's a platform, we are all on the page. So it can help students to share ideas with each other. All right, so those were uh, some thoughts of, you know, students or people who use tech to learn. And it's a great, great way to end our conversation. This has been the August edition of EdTech Monday on City 97.3 FM. We're live on the City FM Facebook page and on Mest Africa's Facebook page as well. My name is Nathan Kwa. I moderated the session. And I had Olufemi Adeumi, Director of Programs at Mest Africa, in the studio with me. I also had Nana Jinfi Idrabo, 
executive director for, at the Center for Distance Learning and Open Schooling, Sendlos. And via Zoom, Kate Radford, Ghana Country Lead at Tech Hub. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so, so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate that. It was great. It was insightful. It was educative. And we'll do it again in a month. Yes. <laughs> thank you. And many thanks to our listeners out there. We appreciate the fact that you took time off to listen to us. Remember, I Take Monday is... Uh, is part of the mastercard foundation's partnership with mest africa now the two of them have come together to bring us a tech monday which is every last monday of every month live on the city breakfast show and it's a platform for edtech entrepreneurs, education stakeholders, and government reps to facilitate critical conversations on the use of technology for teaching and learning. We'll be back with another insightful session next month. Thank you. Until then, keep using tech for education. Coming up next is the news at 10. Caleb Koda is here with the details and after that branch in the city will be on Chantelle and Nombase will be on to give you some great tunes while you work and while you go through the working day and then later on we have more programs on City 97.3 FM